Black, stop playing with him. What's going on, good people? What's going on? Sauce Talk is here on a Thursday morning. We are here a day after LeBron James makes history. I was a kid. Um, my guest, who is John Overstreet with me, he was a kid at one point, and we were told that record is never going to be broken. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar will forever have the all-time scoring title. He broke it. Um, by passing up Will Chamberlain, played five more years. So he put about four more thousand points to that total. So it just looked insurmountable. It's just like, hey, man, like this is not going to happen. No way, shape, or form. We go through the years. We've seen Jordan. We've seen Kobe. We've seen Shaq. We've seen, I mean, now we got Steph Curry. I mean, we got, you know, Dwayne Wade's, the T-Max, the Carmelo's. I can go on and on. But that record always seemed like it would never be broken. But a kid from Akron, Ohio, man, a kid from Akron, Ohio, and a guy right now who's living in the Ohio area, John Overstreet, how you doing? And how do you feel today that LeBron James, somebody that we seen coming to be a superstar in the NBA, but we didn't think, we never thought that he could push himself to break this record. How do you, how you doing and how you feeling? I'm feeling great this morning. Um, I think if you're a sports fan and you're not excited by what LeBron James has done, not only last night, but through his career, uh, there's some hate. There's some there's something there deep rooted. But absolutely. Congratulations to LeBron James. Um, being being the agent we are, um, LeBron's 11 months older than I am. So, you know, me being a, a high school student at the same time LeBron was a high school student seeing his games on national television, seeing him get drafted when I was a senior, uh, you know, just watching his career from start to finish. Like you said, Cap broke the record a year before I was born. Me watching him at the very end, me as a toddler watching, you know, remember watching Kareem on TV with my dad. It seemed like he played so long. He, you know, he looked like a grandfather on the court. He had the goggles. He didn't have the, the fro anymore. He didn't barely had hair when he retired. Yeah. Um, you look at a guy that's 38 years old, 39, when you retired, you don't even think people are going to play like that anymore. So it's a phenomenal accomplishment by LeBron. I think there's there's nothing – there shouldn't be any debates. It should just be a congratulatory thing. Like, what we may never see that again. Yeah. And that's the thing where in, in today's time, you know, everybody's in such a debate mode. Everybody's in war mode of debate. You know, even uh, before, uh, you know, linking with you, you know, I was in like a small debate about, you know, just, just and I was like, man, I am not trying to 
argue or debate in a moment like this because it's just like you know it really don't make no sense in a sense i mean like because that's why i look at this now is like lebron james has now put himself in a category where i feel like if you if you have a preference on, on a player of being all-time great i feel like anybody that have an argument for lebron james i think that person would have a real tough you know it's more or less so to where like it's not conceding but I would let people have those arguments now. You know, I think like at some point you you think like, you know, rings or final uh, results because, you know, he had been to like 11 finals, but it's just like you look at all those different things and, you know, assists and rebounds and, you know, triple doubles or whatever like that. It comes to a point to where um, it comes to a point to where, you know, it, it makes it it makes it where LeBron James is 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 now we got to make this a moment about him. You get what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I've, I've recently been on this thing. There's two types of sports fans. It is just like there's two types of, well, I shouldn't say two types, but there's two divisions of reading. You know, if you pick up a book, it's fiction or nonfiction, right? So I think a lot of sports fans live in that. If you want to say what somebody could have done if they played as long as LeBron, if you want to say what LeBron could have done in this era, that era, you're in the fiction group. And that's cool to have a fiction conversation, just like it's cool to, to, you know, watch a fictitious movie, read a fictitious book. Then there's other people. And if you're going to have that conversation, you got to have some criteria around it because otherwise you're in that fiction crowd, you know? So yeah, just like you said, this is something he actually accomplished. We shouldn't be having conversations of who coulda, woulda, shoulda. It's it's wild to me. Like when I watched Mike not break it, I said no one's getting it. Then yeah. Carmelone passed Jordan, and it was like, well, snap. Well, somebody plays long enough, they can maybe break this, but they're going to be great for a long time. Mm-hmm. Then we watched Kobe not pass Carmelone. Yeah, you know. So and, and LeBron's always been great. I think people always thought he had a chance, but. Watching LeBron, I think we all thought, you know, when he went to L.A., we thought that, okay, that's going to be his retirement home. He might get another ring there. He goes there that first year, and they don't even – I think that was the year they had Lance Stevenson, and they had a lot of players. You knew they weren't a championship contender. Right. He had the groin injury. Yeah, yeah, and he had the groin injury, and, you know, they had all all the young bucks with him. And, you know, we didn't really think he was going to compete for championships anymore. And then, you know, he turns around and wins one the next year after the uh, AD trade. But – yeah, LeBron went there, and, and he's himself has been fantastic. Now, the Lakers have struggled at times, but LeBron is still playing at a high level, and I think that has to be recognized too. Yeah, it definitely has to be recognized because, um, you know, of course a player at 38, 39, 40, you know, he can have good games. You know, somebody like Jordan was like 39, I think, and scored like 50, I think it was 40, and he scored 48 or something like that. I remember it was like, the two years with the Wizards, he had some good games. But to be averaging 30, you know, to be averaging 30 and 8, and, you know, like, he's 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 on a warpath. But it, it's more so, too, it's just, like, him finding himself to where I think a lot of people don't talk about is that LeBron James has been the ultimate um, – he's been the – you know how people can adapt to things. Like, he's been the – he's been that person to where, like, he came into the league around two, in 2003. The league was in one way. The, the league evolved. He evolved with it. The league evolved again, and then he evolved with it again. 
Now, oh, absolutely. I, I'm not sitting there saying that he's a you know a forty percent three point shooter or nothing like that. I'm not saying that he you know started you know being this person that's going to be doing these tricky handles and stuff like that. But LeBron James has always stood in the middle of that to where like, oh, y'all doing this? All right, cool. You know, and and made sure that he could be involved with the evolve. Because if you look at somebody like a Carmelo, you look at somebody like a um, – who else did it change up on, man? I mean, like, it's so many different players that you could think of to where the game changed on them to where they oh, could not be. Anybody that was a four. I mean, if we're talking right. – yeah. yeah, Kenneth Fareed, we're talking um, – uh, I'm Josh Smith. The league changed on those big oh, yeah. power forwards. Uh, yeah. Greg Monroe. Uh, I'm trying to throw some other names out there. Paul Millsap, like Derek Favors, the league changed. Those guys are, are that league doesn't exist anymore. Right. And, yeah. And, so and, if you were a big plotting four, just like um, you know, I would say that the '90s almost changed. You know, when they had all those enforcers in the '90s. You know, once we yeah. get to the end of the '90s, you didn't need Charles Oakley. You didn't need nope. Rick Warren. You didn't need the bullies. The yep. league changed. And that's and that's crazy where those players start to say, "Hey, man, you got, we need some skill out of you," because the one thing that Phil Jackson did with the Bulls, I mean, with like Bill Winnington and Luke Longley, or like you know, uh, even if it came down to like Purdue, like knock down a little mid-range jumper, they hit that little side shot, you know what I'm saying? And it, and you know, and, you know, you see like Rick Smith, or you see people like, you know, we've seen Arvidas Sabonis, we've seen people. Uh, you know, the, 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 like you said, the bigs like Brian Grant. We've seen so many people, but when, it, when he started evolving is when you start seeing like Rodney Rogers and the Clifford Robertsons and stuff like that, and you watch those guys, and then it's like, okay. And then it's like, as it goes up, LeBron James was able to do that in a time to where it felt like it was in hyperspeed. Like when it, when it hit 2009, 2009, 2010, around that time, like, you know, like the game was shifting. And LeBron was like, go good. I'm, I'm going to be good. You know, where, say, for someone like a contemporary like Carmelo to where, like, he like, damn, they're not giving me the ball and moving the fuck out the way anymore. You know, yeah, Allen Iverson had to, had to deal with it to where it was like, wow, I didn't work on my body good enough to where now teams are not believing in me. I'm not being reliable. So it's like where back then it didn't matter. They're like, is AI? Give them the ball, you know. We, we let them be a shell of itself. If it is, then we, you know, go about it. It was like now it's to where, like, players like that don't even get a look. They don't even get a call. And LeBron James, in the midst of all of that, being great as he is and not having no big major injuries and stuff like that, where people think, like, he he can't he can't get a jumper. He all he can do is put his hand down. And then here it comes. Now he's got a new signature shot that got him the all-time scoring title, the turnaround jumper, fade right. You know what I'm saying? Fade left. So it's like. Now he, he's got that little, you know, he looks at the ball and Harry's up shoots a three. You know, he's got – he evolved with the league so much, and that's one thing I look at LeBron. I'll say this real fast on it, and Isaiah Thomas brought up one of the best points I've ever heard, uh, not only about LeBron, but just basketball in general. And he called LeBron a basketball uh, Einstein, and I felt it was fair because he said, if you take a Michael Jordan, you look at the fact that he played for Dean Smith, when Michael Jordan was in the Olympics, Bob Knight coached him. You know, he goes to the league. Doug Collins was never a championship coach, but Doug Collins is a pretty good coach. He's an mm-hmm. all-star player. You know, then he has Tex Winters, uh, Phil Jackson. These are people that are in the NBA Hall of Fame for coaching. They're in the Basketball Hall of Fame if we're talking Bob mm-hmm. Knight and Smith. 
Uh, R.I.P. Dean Smith, by the way. I think today was the day he passed away, I think, a few years ago. So, yeah. um, but, you know, Isaiah Thomas said, if you look at LeBron James, he comes from a high school coach. Uh, you know, and I don't I don't remember his high school coach's name right off. Um, I know they did the documentary about him. But then I'm pretty sure Paul Salas was his first NBA coach. Uh-huh. Then he had Mike Brown. No one's going to confuse Mike Brown at that time for being a genius. <laughs> you know, then then Eric Spolstra. And at the time he went to Miami, you know, LeBron was trying to get him out of there and get Pat Rowley back. So I'll, I'll also say this to that. I think LeBron in that Olympic process, um, being coached by Greg Popovich, being coached by Coach K the second time around, if you watch that, that uh, documentary that Netflix has, LeBron saw the things Kobe was doing and immediately adapted it. He got with the good coach and Coach K and immediately adapted those things. So that's what you're talking about. If you follow that timeline, you know, 2008, he looked around at the Cavs and was like, okay, we're not going to get it. We're, we're not going anywhere with J.J. Hickson and, and Anderson Virgil starting for us. We've got to adapt to the new NBA. Mm-hmm. And that's where when using your mind, over trying to use your ego and your abilities. Because people can sit there and say, oh, he deferred or LeBron got to have this person. He's like, look, here. I can sit there and try to be bullheaded and try to do this by myself so to, to appease y'all. But Kobe didn't do it by himself. MJ didn't do it by himself. Shaq didn't do it by himself. Elijah one didn't do it by himself. Um, Dirk didn't do it by himself. Because it takes a team anyway. So what's the difference if it, if I had if we had an all-star that may have to take a sacrifice? That player may have to take a sacrifice like a, Wayne Wade did. Chris Bosh. Uh, 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 Shane Ray, Ray Allen had to take a sacrifice yeah. to Paul Pierce and KG. You know, Rip Hamilton to Chauncey Billups had to take a bit of a sacrifice. Rip Hamilton was better than Chauncey Billups coming into Detroit. But he took a little bit of a backseat for Big Shot Bob. I mean, for Big Shot Billups. So it's like um, you have that, and you have that to where when Rasheed Wallace came to the Pistons, they was like, "Hey, this motherfucker, uh, okay." It's a team sport. At the end of the day, it's a team sport. So when when it, when it comes down to evolve into where you sitting there saying, "Well, damn," is the team sport starting to uh, starting to add a little bit star power to certain teams? I wouldn't mind that. Can't fault LeBron for that. And I, I was a person where in the moment, in the moment, especially being a teenager, like you sitting there, you thinking like, oh, man, LeBron sold out. He left and all that. Da, da, da. And it's like, you know, but really, honestly, let's just be real. Honestly, or not not a teenager, just, or, or, or should I say early age adult, but it's like as 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 that time go, it caught in the moment of sitting there being mad and all the stuff like that. I realized I said, "What do I think? I'm a I'm a Laker fan. Used to be Pacer. Like I don't really like. Why am I being mad for? And but I think at that moment, right? I I Lakers do. At that moment, I think of my youth. At that real young age, I was like, I'm not gonna be getting caught in the moment like these people are doing. That's my big point. Like I'm not gonna be sitting there. Caught in the moment, sitting there being mad because the masses are mad. I mean, like I think that took over so much in sports, where the you go with the masses, and I think it's stupid. Even today, it happens today. It even happened last night. Now it's just the thing to where now it's like you know LeBron is like, 
And it's like, yeah, LeBron needs his flowers, but it's just like people are so in the moment of things where they say outlandish things. Yeah, that, that happened with Tom Brady last week. Where, you know, mm-hmm. I watched everyone say, well, Peyton Manning's really the GOAT or Peyton Manning's a regular season GOAT and Montana's a Super Bowl GOAT. That, to me, just give them their flowers. Have the debate for the offseason when there's nothing to talk about. You know, there's a Super Bowl going on in, you know, in a couple of days. There's, there's a, still an NBA season going on. Have those mm-hmm. debates about who's great in the offseason when you don't have nothing to talk about. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'll say this, and I, I've always said this. If if you worked for it doesn't matter what your profession was, if you worked at a firm, if you worked for the government, if you work at, you know, a retail job, if you work whatever industry you're at, if you work for AT&T and Verizon's offering a better job and more money, you know, better workplace, you've got more control, you're going to make that leap. If you work for Johnson and Williams law firm and they're going to over at Smith and Thompson pay you more, give you a better opportunity you have less of a workload, you're going to take that. So people that get mad at, at LeBron or, or KD or Kyrie Irving, any of these guys that choose their own their own place, I think they're just stuck in the mentality, like you said, and it's a it's a crowd mentality. I wasn't upset with LeBron. Like, yeah, like you said, being young and, and kind of impressionable, you go, well, Mike didn't do this or other people didn't do this. Good for LeBron, man. He went to the guru. He went to Pat Riley. Learned, got his accomplishments, went back home, took care of home, and yeah. you know he's he's better for that. The game of basketball is better for it. Yeah, and it makes the story more interesting. I always said that Michael Jordan had the greatest story in NBA history, um, just on just pure on the court. I I went sitting there talking about off the court stuff because LeBron has done some great stuff off the court. So is Jordan. So is Kobe. So is um. Uh, I look at I look at people like uh, hell, even like a Barkley. You know what he's able to accomplish as far as like being a mogul uh, or being that Emmy winning. You know, saying out Shaq, you you know, oh, yeah, Ma- entrepreneur Magic. Magic Johnson. You know, what I'm saying. But on the court, I always said Michael Jordan had the greatest story. But when you look at LeBron's story, it's like damn. If one of his greatest accomplishments was what you just said by going back to Cleveland and winning the championship, but how he did it, who he did it against. 73 and 19, three down, three and one. They had to go get Kevin Durant the next season to beat the man. You know, like that is something where I look as the greatest achievement that LeBron James, you know, period. I think his best season was in a heat uniform. His best individual season was in a heat uniform. But his greatest accomplishment, I think, hands down, is we all know is winning Cleveland a ring. Oh, absolutely. But I, let me let me say this real fast. We we love to talk about the player movement and people get upset about it. If we're talking about, you know, there's so many people that look fondly on Magic and Bird in the 80s. There's no way that that would have shaken out the way that it did. Like, Boston wasn't a terrible team. Boston drafted Larry Bird a year before he was even done playing college. Right. You know, the, the Lakers swindled the Cavs in multiple trades. Yeah. You know, they ended up getting James Worthy, I think, at the top of the draft. And it was it was such a spot where they couldn't have messed up because Dominique Wilkins would have been the other pick, right? So and that's wild to think about, man. That's <laughs> you know, yeah. like two franchises back then that had a chokehold on the NBA to where, you know, we're like, how the fuck did that happen? Like you win a championship. You know, it's like, it's like it was- how how did how did Boston, like you said, Boston and LA being good franchises? You would think, like, damn, you'd be good, you get the best picks or something back then. No, it wasn't because 
Houston had a no, tank. They were, they were other right. The Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers were able, which, you know, they were able to not say swindle, but they just had a power over the league where they're like, yeah, man, uh, uh, we need that pick. Well, th- we think that. about this one, too. You got the Boston Celtics added Robert Parrish from pretty yeah. sure like they, they flipped him. I don't remember like the, the package or whatever, but they traded for Robert Parrish. He was in uh, he was with the Warriors rotting over there. They pick him up. Uh, they go and get Dennis Johnson, who was a finals MVP with the Sonics. Yeah, they had Bill Walton on their bench, who was a Mm -hmm. former finals MVP. Like, the league since the 80s has really always been that way. If you look at how the Lakers and the Celtics continually added to their roster through that decade, it's no different than Cleveland going out and saying, hey, we got some good draft picks, or maybe not good, because I want to call Anthony Bennett that. But, you know, (laughs) they took Kyrie high, they had waiters high, they had uh, Tristan Thompson, who was a high pick. They had all those high picks. Andrew Wiggins, they traded him, said, let's get some vets in here. They come away with with basically LeBron, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving. And then, you're yeah, you're exactly right. The Warriors, you look over there at them. They, they draft Steph. They draft Clay, They've got Andre Iguodala. And they go, okay, we lost, so we're going to go get better. Yeah. If you watch any movie, that's what Rocky does. He loses. He goes, does the training montage, gets with Apollo Creed, gets better. That's yeah. That's how it works. So I don't yeah. understand what people get so upset about these good players wanting to join good teams. But you watch them play pickup, that's what they do. Yeah, and I think the big thing is that that every team doesn't have that luxury. And I think that's the bigger thing to where just a matter of time when Lakers are going to get their players, and that's why there's been so much hate and so much blockage on things with GMs, owners, commissioners. That would have blocked such a trade like Chris Paul. That Chris Paul trade still make sure that, or, or, or make sure that, you know, that, you know, I, like I said, it was somewhat of a setup to where we couldn't get Paul George. We couldn't, uh, you know, like some people took put some bad things in Carmelo's here where he wouldn't even meet with us. You know, Kevin Durant didn't even have a meeting with us. Um, um, you look at so much of the worst where that Joe Sy said, you know what? I came out publicly and said, I made sure I would trade Kyrie to the Lakers. Yeah, and so like, I don't like some of that as a, as a fan. And I'll say this, that Chris Paul trade hurts me to this day because I think that's the finals that we all feel we were robbed of was the Lakers, basically Kobe versus LeBron. Well, it doesn't matter what team LeBron was on. That Chris Paul trade felt like it was going to give us the finals that the generation wanted. Mm-hmm. Because it was so close that they even came up with commercials. It was so close. They did a commercial with puppets. It was so close. And, you know, people want to blame LeBron because he lost Orlando. But like you said, you know, Lakers. Orlando was, was a good were, team. Were, the Lakers was bringing back up. They were going to get Chris Paul. And, they, you know, they end up going, they, you know, saying they could have gone back after winning against the, uh, against the Celtics in 2010. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, LeBron LeBron had his chance. Now, here's the thing. LeBron had his chances. You know what I'm saying? He, it was, the ball was in his court because the Lakers did their job. But like you said, again, the NBA made sure, you know, we can't let the Lakers read back up. Now, if Chris Paul was willing to go play with LeBron, they would allow it to happen. But they were not going to let the Lakers read back up and get back to where they was one. They want teams like Dallas. They wanted, you know, they want the Knicks to win so, so bad. But, they're not, you know, saying it's just that the Knicks has ran horribly and they just can't pull off good moves. But you look at how the like I told you earlier, 
I said, man, you'd be happy that you got your ring. You being a Detroit fan in this circle of small teams, I mean, circle of teams that won in the last oh, yeah. 20, 20, 30 years. Yeah, if you're in a small <laughs> market, you're not the Heat or Lakers. Yeah, you got to be happy with anything you've won. Exactly. Um, so with, with that being said, um, John, what is your like? What is your thought about this? So, you know, when when we think about that, <laughs> you think about like, like, like what? Like, it's almost kind of like laughable when people sit there and say, "Well, you know, LeBron, LeBron, it can't be the goat, and this will be the reason. Like, he can't be the goat because, you know, he deferred. You know, he deferred. Like, like winning a game ain't enough." But it's just like, well, he he just he defers, man. Like he defers. But when we have this physical video footage of LeBron James hitting buzzer beaters in the playoffs, game winning shots, hit a game winning layup on Paul George to to, to 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 end them in the in the Eastern Conference Finals to really put a nail in them to, to smash them in the next game, and then he uh, he hits he hits a big shot here and there. I mean, he scored 25 straight points against Detroit to go to the finals in 07 when they had Drew Good in the star lineup. So what is this deferred thing to you when people say that about LeBron James? I think that's people reaching, and, and that's all it could even be said as. Um, like you said, man, I remember watching that as a Pistons fan, watching that game in horror. You know, he's just – there's nothing we could do to stop him. We threw Prince at him. We threw Rasheed Wallace at him. We threw Billups was on him at one point. We had Jason Max Seal on him, I'm pretty sure, at one point. Like, there was nothing that Detroit had. I think they played zone. They played man. They tried to double him. He was hitting inside-outside shots. Didn't matter. Like, there was just nothing that we could do. At that point, that's when you're like, as a fan, you're like, man, hard foul him or hard foul somebody else. Get the game to stop just to get him out of rhythm. Like, you start reaching for any scenario as a fan watching things like that. And yeah. I think that's that's what his doubters have, have always done. Like, And that's the same for any superstar. Uh, you know, they're reaching for things like that. I think at the end of the day, some of these things we say are silly. You know, LeBron James has won more than entire franchises. Yeah. You know, I remember seeing at one point Tim Duncan, I think he still has, I think Tim Duncan won more games than the Minnesota Timberwolves franchise has. Like in the regular <laughs> season. I think that's still a fact. That's so. Wild. I'm sure LeBron James is going to be that way with some of these franchises. You know, he's probably won more than this incarnation of the Hornets, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so to me, I think when you're talking about these really good players, the criteria makes it so pencil thin. You know, I, I see this trend on TikTok where they've got brackets. You know, you go, you tilt your head left or right for the players. Yeah. When you're talking about some of these great players, because I see some of the matchups that come up there, and I'm like, Man, that's tough to decide, especially in a moment like that. Um, I think, you know, like I've always said, my criteria isn't one thing. My criteria has always been how great is the player individually, right? Because Robert Ory has rings, but individually he averaged eight points per game in his career and three rebounds. Yeah. Individually, he was never an all-star, never a great player. He was a guy that could hit timely shots in the playoffs, and he hit some big shots. I always said Derek Fisher was like that. Derek Fisher was never an all-star. Yeah. Well, to Robert Orr's credit, I want to say he made one all-star, but it wasn't what you're talking about. So I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. So so that's my first thing is yeah. if we're comparing players, we have to start with how great were they individually. You know, we cannot right. compare a 10-time all-star to a guy just because that guy has rings. 
Right. Now, once we're comparing two guys that are comparable, like say a Michael Jordan and a LeBron James, they both are, I think Mike's got 14 all-stars. LeBron's probably at what, 18? They're comparable in that yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. So now you could say, okay, well, what did they do championship-wise? That's where that comparison can come in. But for mm-hmm. me, the criteria goes a little bit further. I would not only add in rings, what what is your impact on the game? You know, yeah. like you said, LeBron em- empowered player movement. LeBron mm-hmm. really did a lot of things for this generation off the court. He really did a lot of things for the high school generation. You know, the yeah. players that, that were coming out of high school became a lot more prevalent. You know, it was pretty sure it was Moses, KG, Kobe. Um, I don't remember one in between Kobe and LeBron. I may be missing somebody, but after LeBron, it was an explosion. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, I think because KG was the KG was the um, KG was the PR quote unquote first high school to come out and it and it hit and then everybody started doing it. Moses was the quote unquote first to do it, but we wasn't in and we wasn't watching basketball like that. It was pre-recorded. It wasn't looked at in that sense. Um, Sean Kemp left out of high school, got kicked out of college on his first week there. Never even touched the floor. So I mean, like he's a person you can look at as somebody that got came out of high school, but you know, he was about 20 years old, uh, 19, 20 years old. But when you look at like KG on up, of the people that missed, on the people that as like totally whiffed, that took their chances, put their name in the hat and got in the draft because they was a high schooler like KG and they was gonna take their chances. We've seen the whiffs. We've seen them. And then during a time where it was kind of still experimental because during that time with like you know, KG being the exception, Kobe got drafted and, and sat on the bench. You know what I'm saying? Like, like literally we had to get his minutes, you know what I'm saying, to where, you know, KG was just, you know, like a specimen. And, like, they was looking at this guy like, well, he's on the Timberwolves. Let's put him out there and see what this kid can do. I mean, no different than him or Dirk Nowinski or Tim Duncan. You're going to do that, especially because you can't see tight. Um, I think, but I think Kobe, that's what Dale Harris fucked up, though, with Kobe and, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you to give yeah, Kobe he, minutes, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? But Eddie Jones was there. I dig the pull points of certain things of it. But, you know what I'm saying? You you feel, you you feel the fire of Kobe Bryant. So we appreciate you, Dale, you know? But, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? But I, I look at it like when, when LeBron came into the league, I think it was a sense of, like, he got to see a sample size of that. I always believed that uh, LeBron James was very, 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 very talented and everything. But it was like, damn, like, is he going to be this good? You know, it was like, is he is he really going to be this good? Like, the video with his teammates with Boozer and Darius Miles, and they were saying, well, he's a high school kid. We already got better players at his position. Right, exactly. So, I mean, people was covering it. They was like, "Well, is Ricky Davis going to? You know, he ain't going to give up his touches, is he? Like, you know, Ricky Davis. They was calling Ricky Davis a poor man's Jordan and shit. And I'm like, shut the hell up, you know. But it was like, like you said, it was a time where rookies were coming in the league, no matter what hype they had, they still was not going to be put over a veteran or even a third year guy in the NBA. To where nowadays it's flipped, and thanks to LeBron James. I think it's flipped to where you have certain high schoolers or college these one and done players now since we can't have these high schools coming that are better than these one or two, three, or maybe a six or seven year old guy, six year guy that you know has made his name in the NBA to where they're like, yeah, this kid's gonna kill him. 
he's gonna come here and kill him. It didn't. It wasn't like that in the workings in the in the front office and going to the locker room and into the into the rotation to where these players were getting drafted. And they were just like, ah, you know, we we gonna work them in. But LeBron James came in against the Sacramento Kings his first game in. It was like I'm gonna dunk and I'm gonna show y'all, and I'm gonna dominate off. and I'm gonna show you the rest. Yeah, he was he was box office from day one, minute one. Um, and I'm thinking that I think Amari Stoudemire is maybe the one we're forgetting because he was a year before LeBron, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. But Amari was another one of them. You know, he was he was not LeBron good, but he was a right. from high school. But yeah, and that, he started basketball late. Yeah, well, to, but that's what I wanted to do real quick was go back to your point of why he has so many naysayers about deferring. And like I said, when, when we start splitting hairs, you know, on how close someone is, if, if I said who's a better basketball player between Larry Bird and Tim Duncan, we're going to scrape the bottom of that barrel to see why, like we're, the, the excuses we're going to come up with mm-hmm. are going to be outlandish. We're going to say, well, if Larry wouldn't have had a bad back, and that's what I'm talking about when you get into <laughs> the, the fiction because we don't know. Yeah, you know, or if Lynn Bias hadn't died again, that's fiction. But yeah. we don't, we so we don't know. But you know, we're gonna say these if situations, or we're gonna say, well, Tim Duncan won five and and Bird won three. That can be a separator when two players are close. You know, Bird won more regular season MVPs than Duncan did. It's a valid comparison. You know, but they and th- here's the other thing. Bird played power forward for for half of his career. Mm-hmm. Tim was listed at power forward for half of his, of his career. He played center, you know, a lot after Robinson, uh, you know, went on and retired. So that's a valid conversation. But if we said championships there, no one would trip and say, oh, you're making this all about championships. So that that's all I want to do is kind of top that point was anyone that's saying LeBron defers, which for me, if I was coaching a player, but again, we're getting into fiction there. Right. If I'm coaching a player, I want a player to take over. You know, if I'm I'll put this in fiction. If I'm on the game, I'm taking the last shot with LeBron. I'm not passing it to Danny Green. You know, that was the, the play in the finals that everyone and then they won the next day. Yeah. But that is what I would do. And I think that's what a lot of like minded people or people in general would go where your superstar needs to take the shot. You find a good play for your superstar. And I think LeBron's made these decisions and they just didn't pan out. I don't down him for that. I, I, I just always look at it what type of player you are and what people want you to be. Because they damn sure wouldn't say about Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan was a teammate, teammate. He was a team's player. He was going to be strictly the how he was going to win the game. And nobody oh. would dare say nobody wouldn't dare say Tim Duncan deferred. They'd be like, well, he deferred. Like, you know, they just look at it where LeBron is this flashy, you know, he's he's a highlight reel, he's the big box office guy and they're just thinking like you're supposed to just you know killer instinct and you know do what kobe and mj did you know i just like but but here, you but have to think fast. you had to yeah you had to killer. think that you got to think that with like what i brought up earlier is like lebron was a smart guy to evolve with certain things and i think that more and more things that i remember watching like kobe had to shoot over four people to get their last shot you know or jordan didn't yeah, have that's, to. That's you know what I'm saying? Time. To where time started going up to where it was like, man, just run everybody at that motherfucker. Like, so LeBron was like, why would I sit there and let everybody run at me and not pass it up to somebody that is a professional three-point shooter? Damon Jones. Uh, I'm going to hit you, J.R. Smith. Don't you worry, K-Love. Don't you? Hey, 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 Shane Bat, I got you. That's smart. It is smart. Well, and that, that's what I was getting ready to say. I think if we look at the turning point of LeBron's career, 
it was honestly the last three minutes of game six versus the Spurs. And if you go back and watch it, and this is what I was going to say about Tim Duncan, he's not on the floor as the Spurs choked that game away. Right. So you've got, right. you've got Kawhi and, and um, Manu Ginobili missing free throws mm-hmm. to, close, to close them out. The gold rope was up. The, the, uh, the Larry O'Brien was in the hallway. All the Spurs had to do was knock down free throws, and, and it was over. Mm-hmm. You know, LeBron hit some big shots before missing. Bosch gets the rebound, kicks it out to Ray Allen. And then yep. in game seven, he went crazy. So Went nuts. No he one- went nuts on every – and that's the thing about LeBron. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. But LeBron's went nuts when every game seven he's played win or loss. So, I mean, like, oh, you know people look at that and it's like, go look at his games. Like, I know, you know, I thank God he didn't have a game seven, you know, with the Mavericks because he played horrible. He averaged 17 points. I'm not talking about that. But game sevens, he's went crazy to where he's put it all out there. So, I mean, the, you know, saying for him to be like this uh, deferred guy or something like that, like he's the point leader, all-time point leader, but he's the first. But he's going to make the smart play. You cannot say, oh, he defers when he's just going to be a smart basketball player. Or yeah. you can say he's a he's – a, or a savant. He's a – like you said, Einstein. He's but like, he's, I can't go stupid Einstein. just because y'all want me to. Yeah, I, I don't think that's up for debate. And you're exactly right, like – What's do me a favor? What system did Michael Jordan play in? Triangle. What system did Shaq play in when he won championships? What about Kobe Bryant? Triangle. Was out there freestyling. They didn't have no offensive system. Right. You know his offensive system in Cleveland was pick and roll. That's Mm -hmm. not a system. That's an action. Yeah. So you know he he never had structure. Then he went to Miami. They still didn't have structure that first year, as evident. Like you said, he was averaging 17 in that series. Jason mm-hmm. Terry outscored him in that series. Yeah, I don't look at that as an indictment on LeBron so much as I do the coaching staff. Because, like I said, if you, going back and watching that series, Dallas played that series masterfully on defense. They threw everything. You know, it goes back to that Mark Cuban interview with Skip Bayless. They threw zone at him. They threw different defenders at him. That series was about everything Dallas did well. Mm-hmm. Miami, it really it was. They figured it was a team accomplishment for Rick Carlisle and them boys, man. Like, didn't understand that having veterans on a team like that at the right time that's healthy and it's not banged up, super banged up, was such a quintessential thing to a team that didn't have that type of veteran leadership. And yeah, you had Bosch, you had Wade, you had Brian, but you had Norris, you had. Guys, it just wasn't ready in that situation. So whenever LeBron was sitting there thinking, like, damn, I can't kick my eyes down on because I can't kick it to him. You know, Wade went Wade played great. You know, Wade did not play bad in that finals. Um, but it was just that things that LeBron really couldn't do to get in his groove. And oh, like yeah. you said, throwing different guys in him, like JJ Barea, throwing this guy, he's feeling this. I can't I, it was like, what do I do? I remember watching three of those games, man. Like not too long ago, it was me and uh, uh, Sam, we was watching those games uh, in their finals, and he just was a person that was just like, I can't get mine. Like, I, I just can't. Like, he was kind of dumbfounded because he's a smart basketball player, but Rick Carlisle and him was smarter by saying, hey, we're going to see if we can actually – we're going we gonna to actually take you away, take you out the game. And where so many coaches have been like, yeah, let LeBron get his, you know, LeBron – LeBron can get his because he's going to get probably like 25, 27. You know, he might get 30, whatever like that. But we got to make sure that he's not 
playmaking and doing all this stuff. Right. They made sure LeBron was uncomfortable. And they made through shit at him to where it was like, you're not going to be driving here all crazy. You're not going to be sitting there doing all this stuff like that. And turnovers are going to start happening. And then you're going to be in your head. And and I think that was a big thing for LeBron because 07 finals, he got swept. So, I mean, he's sitting there like, I got to win this one. And we on a super team. And I said we were going to win six, not seven, not eight, not nine. So we got to do it. And I just think in that finals that everything just caught up to him and they just could perform. Oh, it did. but And that's what I was going to say. Watching that finals and watching some of the, the rotations that, that the Heat had, I'm pretty sure, didn't they have um, Mike Bibby that year? They had uh, Joel Anthony at center on the floor playing big minutes. Yeah. Um, Mike Miller was on that team, but he was he was broken down by then. Exactly. His back was fucked up. Yeah, so you watch him the, the following years add a Shane Battier to take some of that defensive uh, intensity off LeBron. And shooting, you know, now he's got a spot of shooter. Add a Ray Allen and take some some shooting off of LeBron. Okay, you want to play zone? We'll kill you with our outside shooting. And that that's really what Miami became. And they put the right people around him. And like you said, I think Dwayne Wade was smart enough to say, we're a good basketball team. In, in the terms of getting mine, you know, this is from Dwayne Wade's perspective, Wade got his in transition. Wade got his when LeBron went to the bench. But when they were both on the floor together, Wade said, hey, you got to be the one to lead us. And LeBron figured it out. He deserves yeah. all the credit for that. And that, that's another thing that, like you said, his story being so good, I think if, if, you're, if someone were to make a, a Broadway play about his career, that's a turning point in his career was him going, okay, I got to be the guy. This is my team. Yeah. Because cause, cause, cause even a couple of three years after that, you know, that team that he knew he had to take back over or take over, take over, it basically turned into one of those old Cavs teams that he was on because Wade was then, you know, kept, kept getting hurt. You know, Bosch was, you know, like being that Antoine Jameson or that, you know, that second piece that that, that, that old Cleveland teams that would have. So it was like, okay, we just that Birdman, Norris Cole, Mario Chalmers, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it just got to a point where, you know, like um, Mario Chalmers was good. In that he was good in that first final, he was good in that first season, not great in the finals. In the second finals, he was okay. So, I mean, like Chalmers had a couple good years, you know, since then he started to taper off a little bit. And it was like, oh, LeBron's like, shit, I'm not doing this again. And I, you know, when he going back to Cleveland was such an easy path for him because it was like, you're, you're, you are the chosen one from Akron, Ohio. Not if you're going to you go back to any team, you're going to go back to Cleveland. And it just wasn't hard for him to – It was, like, just say, for example, if he was, like, if he got drafted by – say, let's say LeBron got drafted by – Denver Rockets. was next up, weren't they? So if Denver were right, – well, Yeah, that Denver, yeah. Say, say, say he got drafted by Denver. Say he got drafted by Denver. And he played his eight years there, you know what I'm saying, went to Miami. Like, he would have went to Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, he, like, that, that, like, him being the chosen one from Akron, Ohio, he could have played nine years in Denver, went to Miami, he did all that. Cleveland was an inevitable thing. Cleveland oh, was such an inevitable thing for LeBron James that the basketball guys just had to let a championship happen, and it happened because of LeBron, like, and I, I would say that this guy, that's why I say this is a great accomplishment because I'm going to add this into it too. LeBron James probably was the best leader he's ever, ever, ever has been 
when he went back to Cleveland. Like, he became such a superior, top elite leader of an NBA team in those years when he went back to Cleveland, man. It was, it was, it was un, like, that's where I look at his greatness in his return to Cleveland on how he led and how he prepared and how he had J.R. Smith playing defense. He had Kyrie Irving playing defense. He had Mozgov, uh, like, second leader in points, third leader in points on the team or something like that whenever Kyrie got hurt in the playoffs. Like, he he brought the best out of Delva Dova. Whenever Kyrie, no Kyrie, no love, he brought people out of their shell or what they needed to be in that return back to Cleveland. That, yeah, he had some of that in him in his first stint of Cleveland or when he was in Miami, but it was nothing like his return to Cleveland, how he got his galvanized his team because you're going against one of the arguably the greatest teams of all time with one of the greatest records of all time, well, with the best record of all time, and you came back from 3-1. And, and I would say that in that pursuit, J.R. Smith probably played some of the best defense I've ever seen. And he's not a defender, but why did he defend? Because LeBron, oh, LeBron James. him into that role. Yes. Yeah, and that's why I said earlier, like, I really look at it as LeBron was great on his own, but when he went to Miami, their culture – Everything that he learned basketball-wise from Eric Spolstra, you know, Spolstra deserves his flyers as a coach, too. Like, being a video assistant, becoming the coach that he has, he was a he was a positive influence on LeBron. So I don't want to give all the credit to Pat Riley, but he looked at an organization that knows how to win. And when he brought that back to Cleveland with him, what has Cleveland been since? And that's not me trying to bash Cleveland. Like, they're a solid contender this year, but we know they're not going to win at all. Like, we know that. So, LeBron came back not only as a generational talent, but he came back with all the all the answers on how to win. Yeah. He and really you're right, did. yeah. JR J. and Shumpert in New York, they were young guns flying around, having fun, being New Yorkers. They come to Cleveland. Both of them were key cogs in that championship. And Amon mm-hmm. Shumpert's – He's one of the best interviews I've seen. He, he's got some of the best NBA stories from that era. He'll tell you flat out, you know, they were looking at Steph Curry going, we're not guarding him out there. He's at the logo. We're not. He can shoot that if he wants. But Ty Lue and LeBron told him, no, you need to pick him up when he steps out the car. Pick him up when hey. he steps out the bed. Like, you got to pick him up. You got to do something with him. Yeah, because that that's the thing to where people got it messed up to where it was like, yeah, they're bad shots, but he's making them. So yeah, why would you them. sit there and thinking that you're gonna be stubborn and be like, man, he taking bad shots? We let him take it, and and but then he make a couple, and then Sean Livingston hit a couple, and then Clay hit three threes, and then next thing you know, y'all done came down and had four, and then he comes down and slaps a forty footer, and then y'all down fifteen. Mm-hmm. Better pick him up. Yeah, and, and that's where LeBron changed that Cleveland culture. And, I mean, you know, for him to go to the amount of finals that he did in Cleveland with, what, a Kyrie play in one or two of them? Two of them, I think. What? In Cleveland. He went, he went yeah. to four finals in Cleveland. Uh, the second the second Cleveland stint, Kyrie only played in two of them. Yeah. Technically, yeah. he played game one in, in 2015, but I'm not – you know, he only played one game in that series, so right. – yeah, like th- that's what I'm saying. Like it was basically LeBron and Kevin Love for three series. He did well getting there. 
and I, and I would say that you had and you I mean with what you just said, you got to put in the factor of like the fear that he put in of Toronto. Toronto was good. Toronto was good in those years. Indiana was good in those years. And LeBron James was like, y'all think I'm getting old or something? And y'all 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 putting these teams together and thinking y'all doing something? Remember Chicago put a team together? Remember Derrick Rose game winning three? Um, uh, 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 who was it? Uh, the other team I was wanting to bring up the. Uh... Oh, the the Hawks had four All Stars. Yeah, the Hawks. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to say the Hawks. The Hawks. So I mean, like all these attempts, and 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 still, you know, saying comes up short to where people was like, "Well, the East is weak." It wasn't really because I was one of those people too. But then you look at it, it's just like, yeah, they might not have beat. The Spurs, they may not have beaten the Mavericks. We never know until we see it. But LeBron James had a cast. He had a like a black cloud over the East to where it was like, damn, LeBron coming, man. Even going back to Cleveland, Toronto was like, shit. We well, did that, not want to see them. Not only was there a cloud, look at how all those teams were winning 50. They're winning in the high 50s, low 60s yeah. games. The Bulls were winning 60 games at some point. They rebuilt while they were a winning team. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the Pacers, uh, there's a – I don't know the guy's name, but he does he does those fantastic uh, – where they, they show the breaking point of these teams. He's, he's done one on the Pacers. And when you go back and look at it, you go, man, y'all were right there. Y'all took them to game seven. And instead of adding a different ingredient, you went back and added the same ingredient but worse. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they look at the year that they played them in game seven, then look at the next year and some of the acquisitions they made. They're questionable. They're stupid. You know, yeah. so even looking at they had to know what Kawhi Leonard was because they traded him. If they would have paired Kawhi with Paul George back then, they would have been a lot better off than getting George Hill from the Spurs. Mm-hmm. So LeBron broke a lot of these teams. He broke the Celtics when Ray Allen came over and helped him. Yeah. Broke them, finished them off. Then they all went to Brooklyn. He broke the Nets. The Nets, after they took all the old Celtic stars, they had to do a, do a rebuilding period after that. So the East might have not been as strong as the West, but he still beat them. He beat who was in front of him. You got to give yeah. him credit for that. Got to, because you know, like I said, he lost. He, he lost to the Celtics. He lost to the Magic, and then he lost to the Celtics again. And people were sitting there saying, like, "Wow." You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't believe this. And then he starts beating these teams, and then it's like, oh, it's weak. But these teams are good. They're, like, winning 50 games, like you said. And he's doing it in a fashion where it's like, yeah, like, he's sending them. Like, the Heat with the Knicks. Um, the Knicks was the number one team in the East. The Heat with LeBron. They came in there, gentleman sweep. You know what I'm saying? When he went back to Cleveland, like, I brought up the, the, the Bulls series. Now, that was a good one. But Raptors – Forget about it. Hawks, forget about it. Um, like you said, Brooklyn, forget about it. Like, it was like, it was just like, LeBron was like, man, y'all just don't understand, man. Y'all just yeah, don't he, get it. And when he took his talent. DeMar DeRozan, if it wasn't for LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. And he went out west that year, but they never would have upgraded if they couldn't get over the hill of LeBron. Right. And here, and here trying to do that, LeBron went west. And you know that's the crazy thing about teams and trying to do the things they do 
and people like us or fans and stuff like that, we look at those things. Then we like, see, you see what they're doing? They're trying to, they, they trying to give, you know, for LeBron or they, they, you know, they're like, like, look, look, LeBron, he, he goes to the West. He's trying to win the West because people say, oh, Brian winning the easy East. And then the West, he comes over first year growing injury. Oh, we already talked about that. But once he finally got his stride and things started going into play, um, we can definitely see that it wasn't no East West type thing. And, you know, with him winning the ring, granted, however the hell we, you know, got they got that ring done. I don't really like to talk about the bubble and all that stuff, but it just, I, my thing is. I, I will real fast. They okay. were the number two seed in the West. Mm-hmm. The, the day that, you know, the day they started telling teams like lock it down, yeah. We're, yeah. the country's in a full pandemic. They were number two in the West. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, the expectation was they were supposed to play the Clippers and whoever won that series is going to win the, the championship. Fun. The Clippers ain't never been as you know. Would they was that the Jamal Murray series where yeah. they lost in gate choked away gate the three one lead? Yeah. So yeah. the Clippers never were what the Lakers were, and that showed it. Like yeah. that was a situation where everybody was in that. It, it wasn't like the Lakers got an advantage for being in the bubble. Everybody was in there together. Yeah, and, so, and, and, and that's a great point. That's a great that, point. Anyone that wants to invalidate that. It goes back to like we were talking with the people that say, well, he defers. If they want to invalidate the bubble ring, don't. I wouldn't even talk to someone like that. Like at the end of the day, it was fair competition. Everyone had to live at Disney World. Everyone, mm-hmm. you know, was in that environment. The Lakers took full advantage of it because LeBron drove them to that. He was bad haircuts and all. Bad haircuts and all. He wasn't having this. Oh, it, well, no one's going to care. It's not going to count. No, his legacy was on the line. He needed that fourth ring. Yeah. And Jimmy Butler won it his first. I mean, like, that's the thing about it. If Jimmy then would have won, they'd have been, you know, kissing uh, Eric Spoelstra's ass and everything else. A, a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Like, like it would have just been like, oh, my God, Jimmy Butler beat LeBron in the finals. And that would have that over LeBron's head. Like, oh, you let Jimmy Butler beat you in the finals, man. Tyler Hero. Yeah, we we'd be having a completely different conversation about Bam, about Jimmy, about Eric somebody Spolter, like a, all of them. Somebody like a, somebody like an Anthony Davis, you know, said that had a Anthony Davis had I ain't gonna call it admiration, but Anthony Davis had himself a great playoff run. And oh, he's that, a dog we, in that finals. Right, right. And you know, you look at some of the great playoff runs through the years, even for players that weren't even the, the, the best player on their team. He had one of the best playoff runs for a big man, and 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 the only only thing that's been preventing him since then has been injury. So it ain't been a drop off in play, or he, you know, was a admira- like I said, admiration. Or it was like anomaly, or you know, you get what I'm saying. It's been injury, but LeBron James is 38 years old. Now I have to lament, you know, this is a a, a, a nod to LeBron, 38 years old. Anthony Davis is 28. And we are treating LeBron James today, today, as that player, like, man, like, you know, LeBron is is holding this team together. Or LeBron is, you know, playing a high level, scoring, you know, averaging 30. LeBron, we're not saying Anthony Davis. And we're no, saying no, LeBron. LeBron is 38 years old. When Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was chasing greatness and being old, you had magic. You Magic had work. got the keys, yeah. Yes. 
Well, Anthony Davis just should be should be like last night, for example. Last night killed me to death. You got LeBron getting thirty, Russ at twenty seven. But you thirteen points on six shots. But mentally, like I, I saw the clip too of him. LeBron hits the bucket. He's sitting on the bench. Does not care. None. So that I don't know if it's a mentality thing. I don't know if he's got other things going on in life. He just looked disengaged in general. And he really did. And then Stan Van Gundy made I hell, I made a point of it in the second quarter. Then it came in the third quarter. I'm sitting there like, man, this dude like uh the I forgot who it was. I think I think uh um uh, I was, somebody missed a jumper. And he got an offensive rebound. He put it back in. And even at that, I was just like, man, he just don't look like he's locked in. You know, he's had he had you know back last two games he had thirty points when we lost to uh, to uh, the Pelicans. But you know, just like in this in this setting and whatnot, with him coming out with the fro, I'm sitting there thinking he was pumped up. He got a Kareem fro going. LeBron out there working on sky hooks. He working on sky hooks. And from what I got from AD in a game to where it would be nice, LeBron breaks the record and we get the dub, which we needed about 20 from you. At least 20 and 13, couple blocks. He just wasn't engaged to even do that. So so let me ask you this, because the trade deadline's around the corner, and Westbrook is the one that we keep seeing mentioned. But with the way Anthony Davis has kind of been, uh, and, and this again, we're getting into fiction talk here because we're just giving opinions or whatever. If you are Rob Palinka, do you put Anthony Davis's name out there if you get the right package back for him? Hell yeah, and I bet he sure he has. But you know, you're not going to get you, with see, and that's the thing with media talking because back then you had your beat writers and stuff. They might write this, they get their information from people and you know, unknown sources and stuff like that. Now everything's so wide open. These franchises are sitting there like, man, look, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not throwing no, 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 no sweet deals at y'all. I mean, we we know the talk around the league. Like, we we give you this for them, you know what I'm saying? Because that's the now the new advantage of that, and you know, that's something with AD to where in his, you know, his trade value is not great because of his contract being crazy. Is is because of his health. And I guarantee that's something that other franchises think about. Like, man, you're thinking that we're going to get Anthony Davis is going to be the one to help win the finals, but we're going to get the Anthony Davis that helps make a clothing brand get more famous because he'll be wearing it on the fucking sideline. So I mean, like, they're I, thinking I'll that. Say, I'll say this real fast though. There's there's two types of franchises in the NBA. Well, really, I'll say three, really that you could trade Anthony Davis to. One, they're not going to trade him to a contender because that's obviously what they want to be. So mm-hmm. You could you could throw all these contending teams out. Yeah. Two, you're not going to trade him to a, a team that's after a lottery pick because they don't want him unless he is going to sit in street clothes. Right. So I think the team you have to trade him to is is one of those teams in the middle that they're on the fence with the playoffs or they're looking to get just a little bit better, something to push them into being a contender. I think about a Chicago right off. Hey, they got- from there. He's from there. They've got pieces that they could give up for him of value. So that they're my first phone call, or or better yet, I, I would pull a, a Billy Bean, you know, a Brad Pitt from Moneyball, call somebody else and let him know he's available to try to get the team that you really want to, you know, to open up for it. But yeah, if, if I'm Rob Polinka, if I'm the Lakers, I'm saying this as a fan. 
you want to see LeBron have a chance at a championship. Just like you wanted to see Tom Brady, regardless of, of fan affiliation, you wanted to see Tom Brady in the playoffs. So sure. I, I think the NBA, the, the NBA fan in me wants to see LeBron have another run. I don't want to see him go through a play-in situation or anything of that. I want to see him in a playoff. Well, I mean, if he wins the play-in, great, because I want to see him in a real series. Mm-hmm. But that that's what I'm getting after. It's It's hard to make a trade deadline deal and become a contender overnight. But if they deal Westbrook in, in AD, I think they've got a chance. Got a chance, and it just depends on what teams are trying to, you know, give us something that's going to help a lot. You know, uh, you know, LeBron, you know, has made his, you know, you know, LeBron every so often is going to make his little social media, you know, uh, hints, you know, things of that nature. You know, he, you know, I think it was like a couple months ago, he was like, you know, I'm, I, I didn't sign up for this. And I say I don't think he said it verbatim like that. It was like I didn't, you know, I, I'm not I'm too good, you know, or I'm 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 you know getting down to the end of my career and I'm still playing basketball high level. I don't want to be in this type of situation. You know what I'm saying? I'm not in for no rebuild, I'm not in for us being this shitty. You know what I'm saying? Um he said, you know, that he's always wanted to play with Steph Curry. He's made statements like that. He's made statements of like, ah, you know. Uh, Cleveland wouldn't be out of the question. I remember he said something last year about, you know, Cleveland being a place that he wouldn't mind going back. You know, so he didn't sit there and say that in that sense, but he's always kept a foot on the door. He's no, never let a door close. He's never let a door close and lock up. In five years with the Lakers, you would think like, okay, he, he might play seven years with the Lakers and call, and call it quits. Or is he going to play five and then play the next two with another franchise? So, it's all on what he's able to fit into. And I think he's at the perfect age now to where like people aren't going to be like, Oh, LeBron chasing rings or he, he, I think LeBron can help out a lot of teams win a championship. But like you said, um, if, if, if Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis are moved and left LeBron and Lakers, it's going to have to be some substantial things to go to make him happy and smile and be like, okay, I, I'm good. Because, if you're going to trade Russell Westbrook and Andy Davis for, you know. Oh, if you're some, getting Miles some, some, Turner some, and some, some Bombas and some, some, you know, like a Cole Anthony. Or if you go going to get a, 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 a you know, I, I, you know, I'm naming good players, but players that you know are not going to get LeBron over the hump. If you trade those players to thinking that I'm going to go get these players and some picks and stuff like that, then you're rebuilding. Then LeBron's going to go somewhere else. Something has to happen to where Kyrie should have been in that trade, and that would have been something to make LeBron happy. Trading Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, it has to have that big return, or LeBron's gone. Uh, so I still think they could uh, add a Kyrie, and I don't know that he's necessarily the answer. I do know he's a much better fit than Russ. Yeah. I do know that you know if they're able to get him on the floor – I, you know, I was watching somebody read off Patrick Beverly's offensive stats and how he's basically at the bottom of the league in every offensive statistical every, advanced category. Yeah, he's shooting a poor percentage. His the team's offensive rate when he's on the floor is is a drag. He's basically uh, a luxury pest. Uh-huh. You know? So these are guys that they need to move on from, even if it's next year. You know, move on from these guys. You tried it, but you got to get better upgrades, like you said. If you're able to flip Anthony Davis for a Zach Levine, DeRozan package, 
that's a move that I would make. But you're right. right. I'm not. I'm not flipping him or Westbrook for a Miles Turner package. That's what. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you, it's got to be something where it's in the lines of saying LeBron, like, okay, all righty, because like this is what I'm hearing about now, Mike Conley, and uh, no. Yeah, adding adding that jazz package isn't going to do it for him. And now if you're talking about getting Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. You know, okay. For for okay. some for some low level picks. Yeah. That's a different thing, you know. Like if we go back to the Pal Gasol trade, it was Kwame Brown. No one knew what Mark Gasol was at that point, and even even Mark turned into a great player, but he wasn't a championship level player at that age. Yeah. So, if we're talking about a package like that, that's what LA needs to do: send some young talent, some old but bad talent, and get you a premier player. That's what LA needs to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I seriously think that. If they want to keep LeBron happy, keep him there. Because it seems like he wanted to finish his career there. But he is not going to finish his career there being a bottom dweller or sitting there just filling the seats. And I don't I don't think he's looking at it like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna leave, end up leaving out here like Kobe did. I don't think he was looking at it like that. But I know he was looking at it in the sense of saying, like, I'm not a I'm not a all time Laker like that. I ain't played twenty years like Kobe. So Kobe chose to do that. You know what I'm saying? Me I didn't play it on, on, you know, two other franchises, you know what I'm saying? So it's not really going to be too much of me, you know what I'm saying, if I'm going to take my talent to somewhere else because I've done it before. Kobe never did it. See, that's the thing of where people were sitting there saying, like, man, Kobe needs to be on a contender. He can at least put 13 points up for a contender or 15 or whatever like that. If he just got to play with Dallas or he got to go to this team, whatever like that, no. Kobe was going to be a Laker. And and George, I mean, and um, um, uh, LeBron James, is is that that guy to where I look at? He's going to look at the best opportunity to try to win another championship for the next maybe three years. I think in the next three years, I think we're going to be seeing LeBron James still playing basketball. Oh, I agree. And, and I'll say this about Kobe real fast: a lot of people think that because Kobe asked for a trade, Kobe never intended to be traded. He asked for a trade in a sense of like, like you said earlier with LeBron, like. Hey, figure this out. We don't have enough. Yeah. You know, it's like when Smokey's mom gave him gave him a dollar to get the cigarettes or two dollars. This ain't mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. You know, he's more or less telling the front office, make it enough. Right. Cause I could cause you know the Clippers or the Bulls, they definitely would take me. He cause he was like, they'll definitely take me. Like, come yeah. on, man. Come on, man. And that like, was the thing. He he wanted the Bulls with Lou Dang with all the pieces. And once the Bulls said the, the Lakers said, nah, they, we want Dang in return and we want all these pieces instead of you going there and playing with them. We want those pieces for you. Kobe said, well, you're getting there. You see what I want. <laughs> We're getting there. So, yeah, LeBron's a different. LeBron is like, okay, you're not going to get it, Cleveland. I'll pick up and go where somebody's going to get it. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, like you said, I think the Lakers are a different type of organization than Cleveland. The Lakers have a winning tradition, not mm-hmm. taking anything away from Cleveland. Their their winning came with LeBron James. They don't have a tradition outside of that that you right. can point to and say, well, they won 16, 17 championships without him. So and do it. And and do it. So yeah, LeBron there's no he's I don't want to say he's slowing down. He's not Miami LeBron, but he's playing at such a high level still that yeah, if he goes somewhere, they'll com- compete for the next three years. And I was gonna throw this in there the biggest revelation from that Kyrie trade was that the Suns were willing to give up Chris Paul 
I know. And I was going to say, I don't, I know there's bad blood between the players on those teams, but if I'm LA and I see that Chris Paul was made available, that's a substantial upgrade. Is it it too late? It's too late. Like, Chris Paul is still a good player, good good mind, but it's not it's not so much about the work ethic or not because he's got great work ethic. I just think like somebody his body style, body type, and stuff like that, it just ran his course. And I think that they know that, and they were just trying to see what would happen. And you know, no hard feelings with Chris Paul, but it was just like, damn man, like you have helped us get to this point two times, and you know the the, the you know saying you've 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 ran out of gas. And we, we, we would love to get a Kyrie because we would see him as like somebody that maybe could get hurt, but then if he don't, he ain't gonna run out of gas like you. No, and I but, just think that and, and I just think that where if Chris Paul did come to the Lakers, it would help us. I ain't sitting there saying it wouldn't. It would be a bolster. But I would take a Colin Sexton over Chris Paul. I'm I'm throwing this out there. I need to see somebody throw it in the trade finder. Throw Anthony Davis, see if you can't get a DeAndre Ayton and a Chris Paul back. Maybe throw a third team in there, see if you can't get another star. Put Westbrook in there. That's your return package. If, if you're the Lakers and you, you're able to add Ayton, Chris Paul, and, and a third piece, you're a different team. Yeah, completely. I mean, you're completely. I mean, but, but yeah, you're, you're right about Chris Paul. He's not going to carry anybody. And it's the same yeah. with LeBron. And that's why I say, like, you're going to have to add another young playmaker. Right. And, you know, Roy, Roy and Roy Huchmayor, like, he's a good player, but he's he's going to be a good feeling player to where I think, like, he can be one of, like, a he, he can be an expensive role player. He can be an expensive role player. He, I can see a, that. He's an onion powder. You yeah. know, if, if you're baking your food and you throw the onion powder, garlic powder in there, it's mm-hmm. essential. You need yeah. it. Yeah. It ain't going to make it, – it's not going to make the meal, though. Right. You know, he needs – he needs something more substantial, not just a little bit of seasoning. He needs something mm-hmm. more substantial to make the meal. Yeah, I agree with you there. I agree because, you know, the career is going to come to an end. You know, that's the thing. Like, and that's what this episode, you know, I was trying to make it, you know, exclusively on LeBron, you know what I'm saying, uh, in a lot of ways. But it's just like, you know, we're going to touch, touch on some things that, you know, some pop-up news that I was just saying before we came on. But, like, you know, LeBron is going to end his career. We all know this. We just don't know when. But it is getting closer to what we think. And now with breaking his record, I think even deep down inside him, he's like, shit, I'm closer to close to my ass down. Because getting that record, have four titles, people calling you to go, why not? You know what I'm saying? Like, you got four titles, you got MVPs, you've been all-star 18 times, you, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, what else could you want other than trying to catch Jordan now because you'd have caught three? I, I'll say this real fast. For LeBron, yeah, there's there's a couple things. Championships is the only thing left that matters. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, nothing else. He, he's got the records. He's going to hit a little bit higher on the assist. He might have a chance. Well, I don't say he has a chance at assist. Like, yeah. he'll, he'll, he might have a top three chance at assist is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um. So he's going to continue to climb some of these all-time lists with his longevity, but I think the realistic thing, or this is what I want to throw in there, there's people saying, what does he have to do to become the GOAT for you? That goes back to the criteria thing. I think the biggest thing that's coming for LeBron is whenever he decides to hang it up, he's going to own a team. Yeah. And it's just picking which team that's going to be. I don't know if he'll be able to get Cleveland off Dan Gilbert. 
I don't know if it's going to be an expansion team. Um, but with the people that we've seen around him, like the way that James Jones went to uh, went to Phoenix and built that team, yeah, the way that Maverick Carter has changed the landscape of, of sports agents and, and a lot of those things, LeBron's going to put the right people around him, and he's going to be a top-tier owner. Yeah. Because, you know, why not keep going in, in George footsteps and trying to compete with him? I mean, why not? And that, I can see that definitely happening. I can definitely happen because Kobe was going to go for the ownership uh, angle. I, I was hearing rumors that um, that Kobe, LeBron, and Magic was all going to have a part of the Lakers at, at some point before the tragic death of Kobe. So, like, I think ownership is definitely in LeBron's mind for sure. Yeah, and, and but, he's like that—that's why I pointed out some of the people he's had around him. It's just going to become so natural. You know, he's been in so many circles that have been great business-wise. The way that that I foresee him elevating the league as an owner, that's just something else. And I, I don't want to say you have to add that to to any greatest of all time conversation, but what LeBron can become as an owner is I, I'm excited to to watch that what could potentially come there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't be something. It's like I said, we're we're getting closer and closer. I remember back when LeBron, uh, when he when he won uh, the ring in Cleveland, I remember people were saying, "Man, enjoy it now, man. Enjoy it now. Like enjoy this now, because you know one day he he's definitely going to not be on that NBA floor, but you know he might be in a skybox. But we just know that we with this great talent that we've seen and 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 you know year in and year out efficiency with consistency." And being able to play 20 plus years and be over 20 points per game to where he can pass up Green Blue Jabbar, man. I mean, like it's 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 great. It just makes you think about makes you think about his career and things and what he's done and stuff like that. So I ask you, what is your favorite LeBron James play in his, you know, 20 plus year career? Ooh. Um Man, some of the dunks come to mind right off. Um, I don't know necessarily that I would say favorite. And then, of course, the the the, the Iguodala block is the one that probably is going to come to mind for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I'll tell you what it is. Um, because it was it was a moment I thought LeBron was going to take over and, and be the guys when they played the Magic in that series, and he hit a he hit a deep three to win the game. I think it was game two. You know, yeah. they lost game one at home, game mm-hmm. two. It looked like they was on on the verge of getting swept. And yeah. he hit that shot. And I yeah, remember uh, just being excited watching it and thinking, like, man, that's the type of shot where you could say Mike would have made that. Kobe would have yep. made that. Yep. Yep. He unfortunately didn't flip the switch, you know, because they ultimately lost that series. But that was still, to me, a big turning point as a fan of his going, Man, that's what we've been wanting from him. That's the that's a moment where he was. I'm pretty sure he was MVP of the league that year. That felt like an MVP moment. It did. He was MVP that year. You're right. That was a hell of a. That was a man. Because I remember, like when it went in, I was like the camera view they had. Even I mean, like it was just it was perfect, and it was just like when ESPN was showing the different camera views of it and stuff like that. It was kind of like one of those things where it was like, see. We told you he was the chosen one. It was like affirmation. It was affirmation for a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? Because he had hit, the, you know, the 25 straight points against Detroit 
Swift I can't and Freeman. That that was a Pistons fan. I know, right? <laughs> like it comes uh, to Swift. mind. Right. Yeah. When, when he got swept in the finals, it, it's kind of like, okay, what else can you do? And it's like, okay, we, we've seen that. You know, they kind of was falling out with Flip Saunders. They really wasn't all the way locked in. Would you, you know, would you have did that to the 2004 Pistons? You know, there was those questions came about. Um, but um, but when it came to me, I, I would probably say for some reason, man, like the one play for me to LeBron James sticks out for some odd reason. Is the the buzzer beater gets the Bulls like that? I always because Derrick Rose was always like one of my favorite players, and I hate that he got hurt and stuff like that. But it just seemed like Derrick Rose was kind of somewhat back. I mean, he wasn't dunking or nothing crazy, nothing like that. But he seemed competitively elite level back, and he was had help with Jimmy Butler. They still had you know Noah Noah. You know, they still had their core pieces with Jimmy Butler being a new piece and helping. And then they had, you know, some defensive things that were going well for them. And Derrick Rose hit that, that buzzer beater. And I said, oh, shit. It I like said, serious. I remember back when, when Derrick Rose was Derrick Rose against the Heat and they was they gave him hell. And LeBron James had a guard, you know, Derrick Rose in that possession where Derrick Rose could get a shot. I'll never forget about that. So, it's all in conjunction with my favorite players, LeBron involved in Derrick Rose, and even on that, to skip past some years to where, like I said, Derrick Rose was like, I'm back. And LeBron James, the very next game, when it could have got bad for the Cavs, he hit that one in the corner and just stood there. I just like, I, I, I that, that right there is the one. Because it's just like, it, it, it got bad. It, it could have got real ugly. And he was like, hold on. And hit that buzzer beater, and they won the series. It, I'll touch on that by, by adding this. At that point, I think that's when – because at that point, there was still, like, a lot of people questioning LeBron making game-winning jumpers. Mm-hmm. If you look in, like, that three-, four-year period around that, he had one against the, the Raptors. He, mm-hmm. had, he had several where it was becoming, like, Pacers. Okay. Yeah, uh, Pacers. Yeah, I'm like, there's nothing y'all can say about this man not being able to make these crucial shots. Like he's doing right. it almost on a series to series basis. He's making right. a series. Exactly. So that's where I look at it as like, with you know that that answer to the deferring people, like you just said, all that stuff. So that that shot always sticks out to me, and you got a buzzer beater on yours too. Um, what's your favorite LeBron James dunk? I was just getting ready to say that. Jason Terry, RIP. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jason Terry, like, he got his moment winning the championship against LeBron. He went to, to Boston in his twilight, and LeBron put that man on a shirt. He put he, he was basically an RIP shirt in somebody's coat. LeBron put him on every poster. You That's almost a... I know where I was at, Dunk. Yeah. People people get quiet when they bring up that Dunk. Like, people, they make faces. They, I remember they brought it up. Because he took it up, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Because Jason Terry was a nemesis from the Mavericks. So, it was kind of like, ah, here you are. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't as physical as DeAndre Jordan, uh, yeah. you know, putting away Brandon Knight. But, the, oh, like man, you said, was... the T was there. 
and the setup of it was so beautiful because the yeah. setup was like watching the Globetrotters. And Jason right. Terry was like, he had no idea what was coming. He just, you got to know better to get out the way. Yeah, he couldn't. I mean, it was like one of those things where a building is falling down and you sitting there looking at it and people are like, what come they ain't run? Because you are like in shock. You're like, holy shit. This I, six foot eight monster is jumping and he's about to, oh shit. Oh, damn. It was like it was like two kids took his cell phone and they're passing it to each other, and he turned around to catch a pee filled balloon right in the face. That's oh, man. Like what it was like. Now there was a Christmas Day game where he jumped over Lucas. Um, I thought that was pretty cool, but yeah, Lucas was like five foot seven, like he was like five five. But he jumped the way he jumped over him though, just the way he jumped over him and then they dunked it clean like that was like damn. Yeah, the, like, the way he, he did jumped- that. He was. You could tell they drew up that play, and he was like, "I'm gonna just jump over him." He's like, "Just inbounded." John Lucas, he, he's yeah. there. Yeah, he's there. Like, but I, I would say the Tim Duncan dunk was was ferocious. Like how he did it. Like how he 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 saw Duncan right there. He said, "Oh, I, I get to get him because you know if I don't win this series, I'm gonna at least dunk on your ass." You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, and t- Tim knew in that moment, and you know he told him after the series. It might be my league at this moment, but it will be yours eventually. Yeah, like Tim holy Duke. shit. Yeah. Um him dunking on Paul he Pierce numerous too. times. He got KG too. I'm about to say dunk on Paul Pierce numerous times, but KG dunk, that was that was that was silky. It was a silky dunk. Like that was like he came with the right hand sneaky. If sneaky, not silky, it was sneaky. Then he was like, huh. like it was like he made a noise and everything. I remember that dunk like it was yesterday. Um, oh yeah. I, I'll say um, this real fast. LeBron was smart. You know, as a fan, I feel robbed that he didn't get the dunk contest. Ultimately, he was smart. It, yeah, there yeah. was he was going to beat Nate Robinson. I mean, yeah, it, they would they would they would have made sure Nate Robinson won that regardless. It was it was going to be a snooze fest. Le- LeBron is a power dunker. Yeah, he he's a tomahawk dunker. He's phenomenal right. at it. He, I've never seen the super create creative dunks from LeBron. Never. Now he's he's imitated some other dunks, you know the the Kobe uh, under under dunk mm-hmm. that he did. Mm-hmm. He's done some good imitation dunks, but I don't know how well he would have done creatively bringing a car in, wearing a costume. Yeah, that's not who LeBron is. So I'm glad he didn't join the dunk contest. It, it especially like even Kobe won a dunk contest, and people talk about how dry that competition was. Right. You know it's so. Like- because he Watch did a couple good ones, but then when he did the between the legs, it was like, okay, but the other contestants was shitty. Like, it was it was during that time where they was, you know, talking about doing away with the dunk contest until Vince Carter saved it. Well, yeah, well, they didn't have an all-star game the next year. So, right. I think everyone throws that unfairly. They're like, oh, this dunk contest was so bad, it ended it. They didn't have an all-star game the next year. Right. So the only thing that was good about that was Kobe sitting there looking at Brandy. You know what I'm saying? Like, Brandy was looking good that night. I said, look at Brandy. Yeah, they just – well, the league got away from the stars doing it, and that's what made the dunk contest so prevalent when Jordan did it was yeah. – there's a picture where there's, like, four people that won the dunk contest in their career, four or five. There was a picture with Drexler, Jordan, uh, Dominique Wilkins. I want to say Dr. J was in it, and it was like, man, they all won a dunk contest just in different years, but this was the field. Yeah. You know, we got to a point where that wasn't the case. Right. Everything got cute. You don't want to lose your brand and – might get hurt and all this shit. And it's just like, God dog it, man. It's fun. You know, it's a dunk contest. But then the three-point contest being better. LeBron ain't never got in that. I hope he don't. But I, I do think 
I think there's a lot of dunks that LeBron did, but I think we picked some good ones. I think I think I think the ones that we got trapped in our head is pretty good. I think, like I said, there's plenty of them. I mean, because I think the standalone one in New York, when there was that one year in New York when he did the Akron Hammer, like I don't know, it was something majestic about it. The camera view panned out like it was like he was on a fast break by himself. And just how he did it was exclamated the game even like it was in the fourth quarter. So it was like that shit was fire. You know what I mean, but it was by himself. He didn't dunk on nobody. So it was just like it was like one of those things where Madison Square Garden is such a majestic place. Something like that with the caliber of a person that it or player that is, it could be that phenomenal. And I always think back at that that dunk again in Madison Square Garden. Oh yeah, and, and I'll throw two more in there real fast. The, I'm pretty sure it was a playoff game when he dunked in Charlotte and was looking at Jordan. Oh yeah. So that we got to include that one, and then yeah. it wasn't uh, the the D Wade one against the Bucks. That's the famous picture where he D Wade oh, everyone. Man. Yeah, everyone oh, thinks man. it's an oop, but he just bounced it back to LeBron as a trailer. Sure like, did. Yeah, that that one has to come to mind for everyone too. So I just wanted to throw those two in there real fast. Yeah, I yeah, and I and I and I want to bring in. Oh God. And, and, you know, when he dunked on – and I can't remember – I can't be saying his name all the time, man. It, it'll come to me in a second. It was the uh, Portland Trailblazers, Nurkic. And he dunked on Nurkic, man. That was the most, like, like there was violent. Some back in it. Bang. Like, it was like – like, he punched him. It, that's when somebody said, I, I poked – like, I punched on him. Like, he punched on him, man. Because that Cause was Nurkic like – Nurkic brought it on. Yeah, yeah, he he brought that on himself. They collided. They collided, and like the way LeBron landed was like Nurky went even there. Like it, like they collided with with like how uh, uh, Logan Paul and uh, 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 Ricochet did in the Royal <laughs> Rumble. Rumble. <laughs> and it was like it was like holy shit, you know what I'm saying? Like he and LeBron is such made out of metal steel. He just landed and looked at Nurky like I bet you it hurt, didn't it? It hurt, didn't it? I he bet al- you that he almost got Draymond like that. If you go back and watch the, uh, oh my god, the man, I wanted that to go in so bad. Yeah, that's what I said when it happened. I said if he would have made that, they would have called that the greatest dunk ever, ever, ever. Because Draymond suspension, kicking people in the nuts. You know, LeBron was the reason he got suspended in the game. He comes back, he's hitting threes out the ass. Well, and LeBron exclamates a win with a dunk on Draymond, an and one dunk. That dunk would have got played ten times in the montage last night. Oh God, yeah, and I wish he would have made it too. Damn. Instead, it looked like he broke his wrist. He moved it around a couple of times. He got up and slapped two free throws. Like I, like God damn, LeBron, you are such an Oscar type actor. I thought he had a concussion last night. He took a bony <laughs> elbow from Giddy. It was, I mean, it was a real elbow. Now it wasn't a phantom. It was a real Giddy elbow. And he was on the ground. <laughs> but I, his antics like that turn some people off. Like the way that he behaved when he got yeah. fouled, which he they didn't call it, but he got fouled against yeah. the Celtics uh, the other week, yeah. last week. The way that he went on after that, that, some of those shenanigans are what turn people off. And like I said, that's people scraping the bottom of, of the jar yes. for some of the dumbest yes. reasons not to like yeah. it. Because like, it's because people don't know it's passion. Like he's the most passionate player on the floor, you idiots! Like if you if you like like you know how about this? Like if you don't know, you better ask somebody that this man is the like 
passionate. Like he literally looked at I would never forget it. Finals 07. That like, bro, that game, you winning that game won't make no difference. But he wanted to win so bad in that finals. I remember he got fouled on a shot. And it was like a half court like type desperation shot. But dude, I can't remember who was trying to defend it. And he did hit him a little bit. But you know, a ref ain't gonna call that foul then. You know, if it'll went in, they would have, you know, they would have won the game. I think it would have either tied up going to overtime or they would have won. But it was a, such a far three, and it was such a kind of like, did he get it off in time, but did he got hit, or did he get hit after the buzzer went? I remember he had an intense, like, I would kill you look at the referee. He said, he fouled me right here. And that ref was like, uh, Yeah, they didn't care. <laughs> he was like, Shh, I'm going to get away from you, but I can't call that shit, man. Like, So he's a passionate guy. And like I was telling somebody yesterday, like, it was an interregulation. You know, if it would have been, you know, in the middle of the, like, if it would have been like a minute left in the fourth or 30 seconds left, I think LeBron would have got a tech. And I think he would have known that and not act. But seeing it was the end of regulation and they didn't call no foul and people surrounding him, he's, you know, like, you get pissed because it's like, damn, we got to play five more minutes of 38. We got to play five more minutes of basketball here. Mm-hmm. And I sit there and use my, you know, hard work and dedication to get, because, that is so hard to do. I played a 17-year-old kid in one-on-one, and he checked me up the ball, and I wanted to to just, you know, take a first step and go left. You know how hard that is? And LeBron James caught that ball and darted to the rim. He beat Tatum and them. Yeah. But I, I think the frustration came out, too, because – it ha- it wasn't just that game. Recently, there's been like a string of games. Yes, like they went into overtime with the Mavericks, yes. and that shouldn't have been an overtime game. There was a right. controversy at the end of the Sixers game, like mm-hmm. a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. So I think if you, if you start to add all those up, you know, and again, this is fiction. If you say, well, they get those three games. Where does winning those three games put them in the standings? And I think, like you said, LeBron knows that. He knows at this stage of his career, those are three games he's not getting back. Exactly. You know, and, that and, those, and, those, and those were great moments against great franchises, man. Like, come on, man. Yeah, and that could be the difference in them being a sixth seed or a playing team. Yep. So, it like, it's hard to say that what could have happened, you know, but if they officiated those games the way that I think was correct – because it, it, the Lakers were on the wrong end of it every time. It wasn't like mm-hmm. they got some calls at the end of those mm-hmm. games. They were on the wrong end of it, like four games in, in two weeks. So it was a little dramatic, but I get where he's coming from. Like, he had just had enough. Yeah. It's like, it, it's just like, damn, man. Like, I'm 38, and y'all still y'all treat me like I'm Shaq, like 23-year-old Shaq. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'm 38, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're killing me out here. And 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 I think whenever you know you you watch James Harden, James Harden go through his prime, and he just walks to the line, and it's like, damn, it's the regular season. I'm 38, LeBron James, and you mean to tell me you can't call that? Like yeah, you can't I, call you. You are standing right there. You are seeing Jason Tatum take my arm off. It, they're right there, and I think it's well. And then it came out that the official son bet on the the Celtics, so I think. Yeah, that's the type of stuff the NBA doesn't need for its uh, image. That's nope. the type of uh, thing that they really can't have nope. uh, because people are going to feed into that, especially the way that you know you can gamble on your phone now. Yeah, you know, but the only thing, the only, 
the only thing I would say about that is that that referee wasn't there for that call. It was the, it was a, it was another ref, but that was alarming. I I just looked at that and I was like, damn, like this is ballsy. Yeah, well, and and I think too, like I remember seeing it, it posted that referee's record when the the Celtics record when that referee is officiating him, and I think sometimes like that. I said it earlier. Um, I sent my brother a picture. Somebody had posted Ezekiel Elliott stats next to Terrell Davis, and I said. This is where numbers might not lie, but they mislead. Mm-hmm. Zeke got more rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, all this stuff than Terrell Davis. And I said, if you watch Terrell Davis at the end of the nineties, he was the league MVP. He was he was winning Super Bowls with a concussion. Yeah, Zeke's not that guy. So if you're yeah. looking at the numbers, maybe they're not lying, but they're misleading. And and that that's what I would say in in that situation there. Like the numbers might not lie, but they can mislead. Got you. I got you. Where did you enjoy LeBron the most at? Three franchises, he might go to a fourth, who knows, but where in these three stops that he's been? And you can sit there and say Cleveland one or Cleveland two, but where did you enjoy watching LeBron the most? Um, Honestly, the, the first go-around in Cleveland, and I'll tell you why. I think once he went to Miami, so much of the conversation went away from LeBron being an, uh, a fantastic player to everyone wanted to have a conversation that was hateful about his path and his journey. It was, it was hard at times to enjoy him in Miami because everything was about, he had to win a championship that day. You know, like I, I make that joke about some players. Um, I, I'm not trying to get back in the NFL, but like my fan base, they're upset. Dak Prescott didn't win a Super Bowl yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what it felt like with LeBron in Miami was it felt like he didn't win the NBA finals the moment that he put that heat Jersey on and did that, uh, that concert. So parts of Miami were hard to digest because you knew it was just a matter of time before he won a ring. Then when he did win a ring, it wasn't enough. He had to win another ring. And and then when he won the second ring, it wasn't enough because the Spurs beat him, you know, in this, in the fourth finals that he was with, with him. So the heat one was a little hard to enjoy. Um, when he came back to Cleveland, I, I think it was still a little bit of that. I enjoyed his second run in Cleveland. Um, it is running in L.A., I think, has just been marred by not have, having healthy teammates. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that first run in Cleveland I thought was just fun. Like, he was – like I said, he was everything we wanted him to be except for the champion. And I don't think that he was getting as much visceral hate until he decided to leave Cleveland that first time. <sighs> And I, you know, I, I look here, you can't go no wrong. And I like what you said. And I think that Cleveland won LeBron was what made me go get the shoes and the jersey and stuff like that. So I, I would probably go Cleveland one too, because I loved Miami Heat LeBron so much, but it was like villain LeBron. So it was like, but villain turned back hero a little bit there too. But bigger to the point is that LeBron James had so much hype coming into the NBA that it would be hard not to pick. Cleveland one is like what you enjoyed the most because it was like I, I look one, back, Cleveland I look back Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, I, I, look, I look at like Miami like, was NWO Hulk Hogan. True. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, going back to Cleveland was Hulk Hogan being a good guy again. That's <laughs> the way I look at it. So, that's, that's it's true. like it's like he was it was like he was he he, he was supposed to be like, you know. We're gonna see what he got, and then he ex- he exceeded expectations, and it was like, well, when's he gonna win a ring now? You know, what I'm saying Jordan won in seven, like you said, Jordan, 
Jordan won his in seven years. Is Bron going in seven? He was under the microscope so much, and he handled it with 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 so much goodness. You know, he had some moments. You know, what I'm saying everybody has their moments, but I look at the first stint. LeBron is like I always look back at the 25 straight points. I always look at the alley oops that he used to do. Like I used to think about, like wow, like he was really like in those first eight years there, he was pulling up from fucking Steph range. You know, like. It wasn't Steph Range then. He was pulling up. And my oh, thing yeah. was people was leaning leaning forward, kind of lunging the shot. LeBron pull up jumper just like how Steph did. So that's why I would say that when people say Steph Range, I get it. Steph shooting at a way better percentage, and he hit way more. But LeBron was pulling up casually hitting jumpers from that far too. And he was doing it way early in his first stint with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I always look at that. I look at the matchups of Michael Petrus. I look at the uh 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 uh, uh, uh not Roger Bill but uh, Michael uh, uh Bruce Bowens and and players like that that's going to go at LeBron and uh, uh Shane Battiers and and shit like that to where it's like you know who's gonna who's gonna stop Bron you know what I'm saying and it it was such a like you know joy to watch him go through the years of like uh his his shoes. You know, first stint LeBron in, in Cleveland, man, like it was like it's like it's just was so much stuff to where I do like Miami Bron a lot, especially the 2016, uh, 2014 year. Uh, but you got it right with the merchandise, though, because because I had probably three LeBron jerseys. I had that's what I'm saying. I had I had, calves, I had right. Yeah. And the shoes once he went to Miami, I'm not going to lie. They became so big and so bulky. Yeah, they and look I like think, transformer shoes. Yeah, <laughs> that, that I didn't was like the period them. Where Jordan started to come back because LeBron's were so terrible. Like in yeah. Kobe, Kobe's shoes, because he he jumped back to Nike at that point. So I yeah. think, yeah, that's a that's a very valid point. Like I think the consumer in me and, and you and probably a lot of us, like I don't remember seeing very many LeBron Heat jerseys unless they were young children. I don't right. remember seeing a lot of people wearing his shoes unless they were right. young children. And so, plus the commercials, yeah, the commercials too, man, with the LeBrons, like you know, what I'm saying right like, ele- yeah, you elevator, know one? the one with cool in the gang, yeah. I, but my favorite one was like a clip, and I, I don't, they didn't put it on the TV because of what LeBron said, but it was, you can find it on YouTube was when he was being wise, LeBron, and he was like, I'm something like a poem. He said something like he's something like a poet. He said, I got one right now. And he said, uh. Elevators, skyscrapers, cross me, and you will die. And, and that's it. And I was like, LeBron is fantastic. He's hilarious, man. <laughs> like, yeah, I said, he got Peyton Manning in him, man. And that's why I was like, see, he's perfect for Lee. He's got a bit of everything. He could be serious. He could be, you know, in with the rap and hip hop. He can be funny, and then he like he can do commercials and be cool with it too. Like any nice, it it was a good time. I think that's why it was so enjoyable. And then the, even the puppet commercials were great. Yeah, man, puppet commercials was great. Um, so in, in Miami, I just didn't. He he changed. He changed. He got him to the, to what we're talking about. The championship is mm-hmm. what everyone wanted, but yeah, I think that first stint in Cleveland was just enjoyable and fun to watch. Um, Miami LeBron, I think, earned him the validation. Second Cleveland cemented the validation. And then, you know, Lakers LeBron has, has been pure business. And some of the other things, 
I'm not going to get into the, the critical reviews of Space Jam. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a good update on it. Um, but he, I haven't seen House Party yet either. But, you know, he's more into the movies and stuff like that. He's more mm-hmm. of a dad. We see his kids almost regularly. If you're on social media, his kids are in a post every day. Yeah, so, that's like the uh, train, uh, train Wreck was a good movie with uh, Mark Stoudemire and uh, um, was in it uh, with uh, Bill Hader and. Um, yeah, I uh, forgot her name, man. I, she she kind of fell Amy, off a little bit. Amy Schumer. Is Amy Schumer? Schumer, yeah, Amy yeah. Schumer. That was, and, you know, he didn't do too bad. He didn't do too bad in that. And you know, I think people people are so in love with Jordan. You know, I didn't take my Jordan fandom to the point to where I'm like, man, I knew he was gonna do horrible Space Jam too. I just thought like LeBron got cheated by this wokeness type writing in things and movies. To where I think Space Jam Two could have been something totally different where they went, and I didn't hate it, and I love I love the the nuance of it and everything because you know we got these video games now with marketplace and things can download and but I I dig what they were trying to do, but it was just like I don't know they could have did something I don't know they could have did something totally different I think they could have you know I'll, I'll say two things from from the original that I think we all wanted with it one Danny DeVito was a great villain. Yeah, and I think both the cartoon version of him, him voicing himself, he was he was the right person at the right time to yeah do something outlandish like that. It, it they just didn't have that, you know. Right. The bad the bad right. person being Don Cheeto as AI just that, yeah, that wasn't. wasn't the move. Yeah, secondly, it wasn't the move. Secondly, one of the best parts of, of Space Jam was the fact that you had Patrick Ewing, Barkley, mm-hmm. Muggsy, and Sean Bradley weren't the best players. It was just more right. about their size. Yes. So it was still fun to see those guys act and all of a sudden they can't play and Patrick Ewing shooting free throws over the backboard and everything else. Yep. We didn't have that. They just more or less was like, this is Anthony Davis, but as, as an AI, this is Clay as an AI, this is Diana Taurasi. As an... So that connection wasn't there either. Like we didn't have the other players in those fun moments with them. Like you said, for what they did, it was a solid movie. I may watch it again, but that's what Space Jam worked for me as a kid. Like, I saw the other stars I wanted to see. Danny DeVito was a funny little short guy with this idea of making basketball players slaves to this, you know, amusement park. So I don't blame LeBron for it. It was enjoyable. Watched it. You know, I, at the time I was, you know, seeing somebody, her kids loved it. So mm-hmm. that's what I always tell people. I saw Space Jam as a 10-year-old, you know. Her kids were a little bit older. You got to let the kids tell you. Yeah. You're, you're an adult. You, this You're not going to you're not going to do all the things they do in their youth. You know, it's just yeah. like, we're not going to enjoy every bit of all the new music that comes out. Some of that stuff don't apply to us. Some of that stuff exactly. we're going to have different memories to, you know, we're looking at these things as we're twice as old as some of these people. But I always look at it, you know, cause I've seen space jam at, a, at that young age as well. Cause you know, we were at the same age and it's like, um, I guess looking at space jam too, being an adult, you know, watching with my kids, it's just like I look at it like I got I'm a girl dad, you know what I'm saying? Got three of them. So it's like it's it's you have a you got a situation where I don't know, man. Like I, I even did they enjoyed on their own or did they I, I think I think I think the more big thing is that like my 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 middle child had a 
more kind of like just put it on because I want to hear the sounds of just this and that. Things go ping, ping, pop, pop, pop. To where my oldest was just like, you know, it was all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and she like she knows LeBron James. You, you know what I'm saying? She ain't no big basketball person, but she knows who LeBron James is and knows the whole thing because, you know, dealing with me. But I just go back to just, you know, being a kid. Like, I was entertained by Bill Murray. You know what I'm saying? There was nobody in that movie that was even him. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my thing. And it's just like, it was so much on it, like, LeBron and, you know, and trying to bring in, you know, know, what the Looney Tunes were trying to do and going through the different time periods and stuff like that. It was like trying to be Marvel almost. Like, they could have just brought more on Mountain back with the aliens and built off of that storyline. And got a cameo from Michael Jordan, and then shut the shit down. But couldn't do that. So that was been that would have been my idea. You know, what I'm saying like, you, well, you, 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 you know. I, this is what I always heard that that I thought made would make sense instead of Bill Murray. It, Kevin Hart was the, the obvious choice. It's I feel like. instead of Larry Bird, put Kobe in there. Kobe was that same sort of. Kobe could be jovial, but Kobe at the same time was that serious type of competitor that wanted to bust your ass, even if it's golf, mm-hmm. kind of like Larry Bird was. Mm-hmm. Let let them two be that. And like you said, they just they didn't fill those comedy positions. Nope. There's certain Not things when you write a story. You're exactly. I almost forgot about Bill Murray, but you're exactly right. Like you have to fill those spaces with the right thing. And I probably would let him put his real kids in there. Mike didn't put his real kids either, but. I felt like LeBron's real kids could have done a better job than the kids they put in the movie. They just didn't do it for me either. Yeah, uh, it, it just, uh, it just, it just one of those things, man. You know, it's one of those, it's one of those things where, like you said, I think you hit it right on the head, man. You know, we gotta let the little kids uh, gauge uh, space there too, and we gotta keep what we got in our kids space in our adult you know saying life now we we still have what we saw from space gen one and we just gotta we just gotta accept that bottom line but you know yeah. lebron james like, like like lebron james is has made it to that point to where it was like it had to happen you know what I'm saying like you know you weren't going to try to put lebron james in the white man can't jump you know uh uh, uh remake you wasn't going to try to make a movie for lebron to try to it was kind of like one of those things where, like, this is person is passing Jordan. We got to get a Space Jam movie, you know what I'm saying? And plus, it's going to make more money when we bring the Looney Tunes involved. So it was like it had to be done. It was going to be done. I remember they was talking Space Jam two years before, and I was like, they're going to get LeBron. I was like, LeBron is going to be the guy. <laughs> like yeah, even with Kobe living, it wasn't going to be Kobe. It was never going to be Kobe. It was always going to be LeBron. When Kobe told Spike no, for he got game. We knew Kobe was done with movies. Kobe yeah. was never Kobe's lane. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it was never going to happen. And so now I got hit with something uh, with a with a stat. Uh, this was courtesy of uh, Sam Jones. He did some he did some math. He didn't uh, he was supposed to be uh, supposed to be joining us, but he has some uh, endeavors to take care of. But he did some quick math real quick. And it was crazy. If LeBron James played five more years. If he played five more stinking years, he in, in 70 games a season and averaging 20 points per game, he would add 7,000 points. Like he would add 7,000 points and it would be at a whopping 
45,000 points, man. That's not unforeseeable. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, That's holy shit. I'll, I'll say this because I saw somebody say this uh, leading up to LeBron breaking the record. Um, and this, this goes back again to people's criteria. Somebody said, um, if you look at Tony Parker's playoff scoring, he has more points in the playoffs than Elgin Baylor does, than Dirk Nowitzki does, than Hakeem Olajuwon does. He has more. Tony Parker has more playoff points than Steph Curry does. Wow. As you wow. hear that Hall of Fame lineup, no one thinks Tony Parker's better than, than any of those players. Right. That's I'm not trying to shame Tony Parker here because he's been through the ringer between Steven Jackson and, and DeJounte Murray. Facts. With LeBron, is different because, like I said earlier, if you're comparing two like players, if you're comparing LeBron and Kareem and you go, Kareem has six MVPs, he has six championships. Well, LeBron passed him in points. LeBron went to more finals. LeBron has, you know, four MVPs. So that is a debatable thing. But, yeah, I'm not hearing Tony Parker's better than any of those people that I listed. Maybe Elgin Baylor, you know, uh, different era. Elgin wasn't a winner like Tony was a winner. They played two different positions, even though they're probably, I think Elgin Baylor was only 6'4". Tony Parker's probably six foot, six foot one. Mm-hmm. But different games entirely. I'll listen to Tony Parker can be greater than Elgin Baylor all time. The rest of them, I'm not having Tony Parker over Hakeem or Dirk or Steph or no. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Yeah, that's not even a question. So, But if we're talking Mike, Kareem, uh, Bill Russell, Wilt, Duncan, the, the guys that are in the top 10, Kobe, Shaq, you can say LeBron has the most points all time, and that holds a lot of weight. Yeah. I mean, that makes – like I said, man, uh, you know, it was a show earlier that was sitting there talking about the top five scores in the league, and, you know, Somebody made a list and they had they didn't even have LeBron on the top five scoring list all time. I'm like, what are we talking about here? Dude, we're talking about a day after a man just now passed Kareem to Jabbar and you still don't have him as a top five score all time. But I, I think that goes back to people's people have the wrong idea. Not only is he a top, not only does he have the most points, but I'm pretty sure his career average points per game is in the top five. Right. Like so you, know, may, yourself. you may favor AI KD whoever carmelo anthony but at the Assassins. end of the day you gotta you yeah you gotta give lebron that you know it's different i wouldn't say carl malone's a top five all-time score like in, in terms of like if i need a bucket or you know i need a player to get me 30 or like i said again that's getting into fiction mm-hmm. i think at their prime is, is what people are having in that discussion in their mm-hmm. prime are they this lebron has to be in that discussion yeah you know, we we could talk scoring titles and everything else. I don't think Carl Malone ever won a scoring title, and that that's why. Ooh, that's, I'm good, that's a good question. Yeah, that's I don't think one. he ever. Jordan won ten of them when they were playing at the same time. So, uh, David Robinson won it in '95. I think um, I don't remember who won it the first year Jordan was out, but it wasn't Carl Malone. So, I don't think Malone ever won a scoring title, and that's where I'm going with that. Like, it's a longevity hmm. stat for him to be the third highest scorer of all time for sure. Um, and he scored a lot of baskets. I'm not saying Carl Malone wasn't a great offensive weapon. I'm saying if we're talking I wonder primes, if Barkley did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if we're talking primes, I would put Kevin Durant as a scorer over a Carl Malone, or I would put a Kobe Bryant. 
plenty of people over Carmelo. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, LeBron has a scoring title. LeBron is top five in average points per game. All signs point to LeBron being the conversation. I mean, the conversation could be he's the greatest scorer of all time. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think he deserves at least being the top. You know, I always say top three. I hate saying top two a lot, but I think top three for sure. If you don't got LeBron as, as a top five scorer, I think you got some problems. I mean, because, you know, I, I, as much as I love Kobe Bryant, I love Kobe Bryant. And, you know, with this feat and he's going to be playing, you know, a couple more years and, you know, how he playing and stuff like that, like, I'm, I, you know, LeBron's better than Kobe. And that's, it, it, you know, it took a lot of me to, you know, to, 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 uh, to say that. But it's got to be real. And, you know what I'm saying? So it's like when it comes to scoring, you look at it like, damn, Kobe could score like a mug, you know, like. And I and I still would like to put Kobe above LeBron as a scorer because, of you know, of course, Kobe, you know, when the Tories the kid, you know, it's just throw those things as fiction. Like you said, it's just like yeah, I wish that Kobe would have, you know what I'm saying? There, sure. Right. But we don't we don't know that either. Right. So, but yeah, I'm with you. Like I favor Kobe a thousand percent over LeBron. That doesn't yes. mean that I I hate LeBron or anything of that measure. But right. I think you're right. If I see these podcasters or people that have audiences and they want to make the conversation about skill, skill is something they can't prove. You can't say who's more skilled. You know, if I say who's more skilled, Gilbert Arenas or Kyrie Irving, there's no way to say who's more skilled. That that's opinion. LeBron James has un- unequivocally accomplished more than Kobe Bryant. Other than the fact that Kobe has one more championship, LeBron has – what has Kobe done that LeBron hasn't? I think Kobe might have won – did he have two scoring championships? Two scoring titles? Who was that? Kobe. I, you... I think Kobe won two scoring titles. LeBron won one. But again, yeah, Co- like yeah I, Kobe got two. Kobe got two. Kobe yeah, got so, two. So now we're splitting the hairs, but in everything else, LeBron has four regular season MVPs. Kobe had one. If people want to have the conversation that he got robbed against Steve Nash, that's a different conversation. That's mm-hmm. fiction land. LeBron's done everything Kobe's done. Kobe has one more scoring title, one more league title. LeBron has more finals MVPs, though. So I think if you're being objective, LeBron has all the longevity stats. LeBron has higher highs as the guy. Yeah, it hurts me to say it because Kobe's my guy. But yeah, LeBron James has achieved more and accomplished more than Kobe Bryant. I yeah. don't think that's up for discussion. Right. And that's why I would say that if somebody wanted to make an argument that LeBron's better than Jordan, I'm going to let you have that argument. Now, I, I'm not going to sit there and go two for nail and go back and forth. I'm just going to say two, I'm going to say a few things and then I'm going to be like, hey, you got it. Because it's like at this point, it's like, like you said, man. You said it perfect. Like you're gonna be scraping at the bottom, and it's yeah, just like, I don't, like I'm like I'm, I'm exhausted to the point to where these are so great players. It's hard to do that, and then you're gonna make yourself sound like a hater. Then people are gonna be like, "See, here you go," and it, it's like it's gonna create an argument more than a debate. So, what? what's the point of, you know, being st- standpoint on something where, like, you know. It, it gets more and more thinner. So I would take the stance of saying that I always feel that Michael Jordan is the GOAT. And it just hasn't – I have not moved off that stance because of what I like to see. I mean, what I've, what I've seen and, and got to go back and see further and stuff like that and all those things and look at it. 
here and there to where it's like, yeah, Jordan broke his foot when he was averaging 37 points per game. If he would have got to finish that season, then going into the playoffs against Boston, how many 37, 40-point games he would have had, 50 points and stuff like that. Then he took a year off to go play baseball. So just think of how many points he would have scored in that season. So, I mean, like, you know, there are some and, things to say that where Jordan could have maybe made it to Kareem's level. Who knows? But it's just like those things counts as points that didn't happen, you know? So, that's why criteria is important. That's why I threw out that Tony Parker stat where I said criteria is important. If you feel like points being the deciding factor, you know, the longevity of it, no one thinks Tony Parker is better than those players I named. No one. Not right. even Tony Parker is going to say that. Greg Popovich ain't going to say that. Right. So. I'm with you. You really said what I was going to say for me. It becomes a point. I, I heard this uh, professor say this about uh, the N-word before. He said, it's not that people say it. He said, my biggest thing is why do they want to say it? Right. So at this point, why do you want it to be about who's better between Jordan and LeBron? Mm-hmm. What, what do you gain out of that? <laughs> you know? Yeah, if, what's the ultimate win? Like, yeah, you, you, you win because my thing is like, what is it? Because like, I mean, we're all fans of him. You know, and yes. that's the thing to where it's like, it's not like these Jordan people are like, I hate LeBron or these LeBron people are like, I hate Jordan. Now, you do have certain people like that, but why did it get to that? If you're watching them, like like you said, we grew up, we watched them both in real time. In the 90s, it was such a big thing. Like, there were people, and I think Michael Jordan really shifted the NBA that way because before Michael Jordan, you liked the Lakers, you liked the Celtics. You might have been a Detroit Pistons fan people stopped being fans of their team and were Michael Jordan fans in the 90s. Mm-hmm. People were free agent fans. They just, you know, I like the Bulls. As soon as Jordan was gone, there wasn't no Bulls fans. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a few that are that hung around, but there are few and far between. At the end of yeah. the day, people were Michael Jordan fans. And I think LeBron James has had that impact. People have went from being Cleveland, Miami, back to Cleveland, over to L.A. fans. He has his own fan base, much like Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a different conversation. I, but yeah, to me, it's exasperating that people want to die on that hill to to get their opinion off so hard that they have to debate it over and over and over. I'm with you. To me, Mike is the goat, and mm-hmm. I say it like I said. Use the criteria I have for it is he accomplished things we've never seen before or since. Nobody won ten scoring titles while winning multiple championships. It's right. not just about championships because then Bill Russell would obviously be the, the guy because he was the best mm-hmm. player on the best team. Yeah, Mike did things. He was all defense and he won a scoring title. Kobe Bryant's the only other player to ever do that. Mike did things that LeBron has never done, like in, mm-hmm. in that sense. So yeah. for me, that's why I will call Michael Jordan the greatest player of all time. He was a top five defender. He was the best scorer year in and year out. Yes, LeBron has the longevity stats over him. Yes, LeBron is phenomenal on his own. He's been to more finals. Like I said, we're separating it with millimeters here. Yeah. But that's where I think, like you said, it's weird to me that you would separate him and have hope for one because you enjoy the other. I'm sitting here watching, you know, we were talking earlier before we got on. I was watching Infinity War. I'm not going to dislike Spider-Man to like Iron Man. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I'm going to enjoy them both. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I said, when LeBron leaves, you know the people that sit there and want to act like they hated him, and George, Jordan, 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 and 
or try to poke at this or try to say this when he's gone, it's going to be that little like, damn, man, like, I, like, like LeBron's gone. It's not like the basketball LeBron. You know, just what I'm saying is like when, when LeBron is retired, it's kind of like one of those things when like when Jordan retired or when, when Kobe retired, I didn't want to go no further than that. But when these players, they leave and we don't get to see that greatness on the court, there's a little bit of like backpedaling. And I see it from a lot of people in those different areas to where a little bit of backpedaling happens and then a little bit more greatness gets thrown on that player. So when LeBron gives it, you know, gives it all he got and he's going to retire, I think there's going to be that same backpedaling and then there's going to be more praise on LeBron than what it is hate. Because I think when you're on the court and you're still playing, I think that comes out more than when you are chilling. Oh, people for sure, for sure become myths after they retire. Yeah. You know, like I've seen people say stuff about Michael Jordan. Like I tell people all the time, scrubs. Mm-hmm. And it, it is, it is like, you know, we we live in a we we live in the NBA today, to where like Lucas Lucas in there saying like, oh, it's easy to score in the NBA, like it's easy, like it ain't nothing to it. It's harder scoring in overseas, but you know, LeBron James came in the league averaging twenty five at a time where us at barbershops and sitting down talking be like. You know how hard it is to score four points in the NBA game? You're like, you know how hard it would be to score 20 points in the NBA game? Do you know how hard it is? Like, NBA players used to be probably – do you know how hard it is to score? LeBron James at that time frame, in that era, that's where he's played so long. Now he's in a free era to where it's not so much crazy defense and it's like – you know, forcing you to, you know, pass the ball. It's like, nah, you know, shoot that. We'll see what happens. You know what I'm saying? Or how you may maneuver and get your spots, people trying out, you know, different shit or whatever. Because it seems like at some point that may get tightened up a little bit and the player's going to be playing a little bit more tougher, harder defense, especially, you know, when it makes the playoffs, it happens. But LeBron James went through errors or went through times where, that question was being asked and said and things of the nature of being like, no, you don't understand how hard it is to score in the NBA and just to get 20 points. And LeBron did that averaging like 27, nine and seven. And he did it for a lot of years and then went to Miami and upped up his scoring to a point to where he ended up having a season with 60% from the field. And averaging like over like twenty eight points a game, and then goes back to Cleveland when people thinking like, oh man, start of a LeBron cliff here because you know what I'm saying he's been playing, playing, and playing, and then he wins the championship with Cleveland, goes to the Lakers, wins the championship with Lakers. So now they're like, oh, he's gonna play with his son. And then, you know, that's the thing about it where when people get to look at different trajectories and they look at ages and they're like, see, this could be the age where they're going to be starting to slow down. This is the age where they're going to be this. You know, people did it with Tom Brady. But with LeBron James, kept a physique. He kept, uh, you know, saying like all the things in basketball because, you know, certain times you people like, you know, our test of the world. And like I look at Draymond like he – 
can't move and do certain things the same, and that's where he makes his game look different. You know, certain you know greats, T Max, and and uh, other worlds and stuff like that. Kobe had to go through it. You know, Paul Pierce, but my LeBron James is is that one. You know, saying that one in a you know billion type guy that is a cyborg that decided not to get hurt with major injury, knee injuries, ACLs, anything like that. He went through all those seasons averaging 25 or better. And no matter if he lost in the finals or whatever, I think he's still, you know, like definitely, you know, saying something to be talked about as the greatest ever of all time, but it's just not on my book. But I won't hate it if anybody else put it on their book and I ain't going to sit there and be like, prove it or what's your reasoning or 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 what about when he did? If somebody says, man, LeBron is my GOAT, I am 100% with you. He's just not mine. But it's just like I'm not going to sit there and be like, and why? Because nah, can't do it. Because because he flopped when Nazir Muhammad hit him in the back. Right, you know that's why. And people are like because if you think about it, how many times did he really get hit in his head on those fouls? Like he just be acting. He's no way to go. Like really? Yeah, that that that's a stupid thing. I do want to say this real fast because we're. We were talking about it. I seen this picture the other day, and it was the 95-96 all-defense team. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure it was Gary Payton, Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Um, I'm trying to remember who the four was. I don't remember them right off. I know David Robinson was the, the center. Um, but I saw that, and everyone was saying, oh, this team would lock anyone down. And my first thought, because we're before you kind of got on that last point, we were talking about how when people retire, you know, they become a little bit more mythical. If we put that team that I just said up against the five, whatever, five first-team All-NBA players from this year, so we're probably talking Luka, Giannis, uh, KD, LeBron, and Embiid. Mm -hmm. They're scoring 120 points on those guys. Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether we're using 90s or today's rules. They're going to score. And that's what I was – that's the only thing I wanted to throw in was – when these guys retire, we act like they never. Gary Payton gave up baskets. Mm-hmm. He was a all world defender. We're probably talking between him or Dennis Johnson. They're probably yeah. the greatest defensive point guard ever. Mm-hmm. They gave up buckets. Dennis Johnson right. was on the floor when Michael Jordan scored sixty three. Like, Amen. These guys will always like. But that's all I want to throw in was you're exactly right. LeBron is going to retire. And we're gonna act like the next big thing because it never got a bucket on him or, or whatever <laughs> else. And it's it's gonna be laughable because like Jerry West at the end of his book has a chapter that he wrote that it is pure fiction. He wrote his ideal all-star game. And he lays out, you know, who's on the teams. Uh he takes the last shot with Michael Jordan guarding him, and the last sentence in his book is, Did it go in or not? You decide. You know, and that's Jerry mm. West saying. I'm going to get buckets against Dwayne Wade. He he details it in the last chapter of his book. Michael Jordan's getting baskets against, you know, uh, me or, you know, Carl Malone's going against Elgin Baylor and Wilt's going against Shaq. And that's Jerry West writing fiction. Him, you know, at the end of his book, that's mm-hmm. what barbershop debates are. Yep. So they're fun to say that, but to pretend like, oh, we'll throw Gary Payton in, 2023 and he's absolutely <laughs> shutting Kyrie Irving down. Kyrie's going to give him 30 in the right situation. Thanks. Gary might hold him to 10 in the right situation, but to act like these guys never gave up a basket is laughable to me. 
Yep, that is that is, that is absolutely right. That's what you would call laughable, man. And you, you've seen those charts where it's like build your team with fifteen dollars and yes, someone, someone builds it and they're like, Oh, I got Scotty, no one's scoring on him, and <laughs> give Scotty 30. A 16-year-old Dirk was giving Scotty 30. The business, and that, that was championship level Scotty. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's fun to have these debates. It's fun to talk sports fiction, but at the same time, be realistic about it. Like, yeah, come on, man. Like, there's no way you're putting Scotty Pippen on any player that's in a Hall of Fame player, and he's just automatically holding the zero points. That just sounds Fact. stupid. It sounds crazy. Because that was the case. Charles Oakley would have averaged like four blocks a game. He was just big enforcer. Like he could shut anybody down the paint. He was just an enforcer. He was somebody you didn't fuck around. You know what I'm saying? Get in your face. He might play some, make some good defensive plays. He's going to make some good offensive plays. He's going to draw off charges and stuff like that. But he wasn't. He, he was, was an enforcer. Be- but he was no, by any means, somebody that you wasn't going to like. Oh, I can, I, there's the no pain. way I could score 20 points on Charles Oakley. Yeah, that's that's not what the NBA is like. Dennis Rodman did a good job on Carl Malone, who was the MVP in one of those series. He was a league MVP in 1997, I'm pretty sure. He was giving Dennis like 25, 30 a night in the finals. Like People yeah. just remember these things like Dennis played good defense on probably the second best offensive player in the NBA at that point. Yep. Dennis got all the rebounds he needed to get. The Bulls ultimately won the series. But to say like, Oh, if we drop Dennis Rodman in the league, he's gonna give KD fits. KD wouldn't be able to do anything with him. He used to guard Magic and Mike and Bird. And KD gonna get thirty on Dennis Rodman. Easy. That's probably offending some people. You know, just gonna listen to this, but that's the truth about basketball. People are gonna score on anybody. Yeah, man. And it's and, like the games that you have good moments is gonna be in situational moments where you're gonna be called a good defender because in this situation, fourth quarter, or man, what about this steal? Passingly. That's why, I, like, somebody like AI, when people are like, shit, I'd rather take AI, you know, leading the league in steals or being that type of guy by playing, playing passing lane stuff because it led to fast breaks to where, yeah, somebody might lock somebody up. They're going to pass to the next guy, or you might have contested yeah, a good right. shot that might have caused the offense a rebound. That's instant offense for AI. Guys, leading the league Or Steph Curry's doing it, or somebody like that that's actually doing something, you know? <laughs> Yeah, Pat Bev getting 200 steals is different than AI getting 200 steals. AI probably huh? turned 200 steals into 150, 200 points. Pat Bev turned them uh, 200 steals into 25 points. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Exactly. So, Pat Bev may seem like he had a crazy possession by locking up somebody and he's sitting there talking stuff wherever like that, but that person's stat box score, he might got 27. Yeah. So, you know... It's not. It's not. It's like it's, it's not. It's not all that to be. You know, saying like what, you what a person feel like. Oh man, this is you know like LeBron. Like LeBron, it was an actual defender. Like LeBron was going to change a lot of shots. He was going to block you. He was going to make sure you didn't go by him. But LeBron got scored on. Yeah, LeBron's best defense is he's a cha- he's a help defender. That is yeah. his best defense. Now yeah. he's played some really good on ball defense. Yes, yes. In situations. But if we're talking like game in, game out, LeBron is not – he's a help – he's always been a phenomenal help defender. Yeah, like he's got to help the team. He's yeah, got to help the team on offense and stuff. He can't sit there and be like <sighs> – like like Kobe was a madman. You know what I'm saying? Kobe was a madman that was like, okay, I want to, you know, go hard on these possessional defense. I'm going to, you know, do this on offense, stuff like that. I'm just, you know, I'm crazy like that. But Kobe knew he had his limits and knew he was going to pace himself and people scored on Kobe. 
and stuff like that because he might have listened, might go by. If you look at that Celtics series that they beat the Celtics in 2010, he guarded Rondo. He mm-hmm. wasn't running through 5,000 Ray Allen screens. He let right. Fisher do that. Yeah, because I got a score, <laughs> and I'm yeah. tired. Like, they I'm needed, I am wore out. 25 from Kobe. They, they couldn't have survived with him not. You right. Know? So he's going to guard Rondo because he can stand at the free throw line and know Rondo's not a threat to hit threes. Exactly. But, yeah, yeah so yeah. Uh, let me throw this out real fast because I, I feel like it's, it's what happens every time somebody achieves something like this. Uh-huh. Kevin Durant is probably the only person that's playing right now that we can honestly project and say he has a chance. I feel like that's a low chance. Is this, did LeBron put it out of reach? Like you said, he could potentially and realistically add, pad this number. So, you know, I would say it's almost like a Jerry Rice padding that number in receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. Jerry Rice broke the, I think, the touchdown record in 1994. He played mm-hmm. until 2004. Yeah. Emmitt Smith broke the, the rushing yardage record in, I think, 2003. He played, no, 2001. He played three more years. Yeah. Um, he broke the touchdown record, I think, in the 90s and, and like, I played probably five to seven more years. Is this something where LeBron is going to put it out of reach? Or yeah, yeah, someone I, I like think, I, Kevin Durant catch him? Yeah, I, I like I said, Kevin Durant, you know, the other Nets player that's been going crazy, Cam Thomas, he's got a long way to go. But, hey, three 40-point games, if he can keep this going, I think Stan Van Gundy made a joke last night. was like, well, if he averaged 40 points for the next 10 years. Yeah, he's going to catch it fast. <laughs> <laughs> but, nah, that's why I'm saying, like, it's going to be so out of reach. I don't think – I. I we're going to be back saying for for another 20-some years, we're going to be old and be like, man, ain't nobody breaking that record. Well, I, and I think you've kind of constantly covered it. Like, le- physically, LeBron is something that we've never seen any athlete be this good this long. Like, and money changes things, too. Like, Will Chamberlain probably could have played into the 80s. Mm-hmm. Again, that's a what-if situation. I'm not saying that he did or whatever, but Wilt retired after, I think, 13 years. Yeah. Mike had multiple retirements, you know, money, other things became attractive. The Bulls not keeping a winner around him. LeBron has played all these years and he's kept his body at a high level. So even someone like a Luca, Luca's not that type of athlete. All right. Year 10, Luca might look a little, you know, he's still going to be an off speed player and not in this athletic phenomenon. Right, so and, I'm, and I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up on Jordan's case, on saying like you know money, other ventures, or you know not trying not not trying to make a winner in Chicago. Don't want to play for a different coach, stuff like that. But I don't think it was his work ethic. No, my I mean Michael Jordan obviously showed that like playing for the Wizards, like his Wizards days, he wasn't scoring the way LeBron is scoring now, and people could get into rules and. All that stuff. When Mike yeah, that was, that, yeah, his body was breaking down. Like he had uh, tendonitis in his elbow. Yeah, back spasms. Yeah, back spasms. So he kept himself in really good shape in terms of when he was active and playing. But then they had to lock out, and he smoked cigars, and drank, yep. vacationed, and didn't mm-hmm. work out. And when he came mm-hmm. back, his body wasn't the same. You know, we could talk about Kobe too. I think if. Kobe was that that year that he tore his Achilles. 
common fans that didn't really watch that year of Kobe miss out the fact that Kobe really could have been the MVP that year. Yeah. Dwight wasn't playing at a high level. Powell was hurt. Steve Nash played like, I think. Six games. Yeah, he didn't play very much. So you're looking at a Lakers team that had no point guard. Artest is their second best shooter. Mm -hmm. Like that team was on paper. They looked like they were a championship contender. Really on paper five years ago. They were a championship yeah. contender. Kobe really willed that team. That team was out of – this is before the play-in. That team was like in the 10th, 11th, 12th spot for most of the year. Yeah. You know, he got them to the eighth seed, and then his body was just like, man, enough of this. Like, you're Kobe was playing full games. Yeah. You know, like so it was going, no wonder going that crazy. He, like going crazy, man. And yeah, I mean, there was – the game that's why I say that, he's playing 46 minutes a game. Do what? That's why I think that's why I think a, a little bit of luck comes in with it too, with how players made. Oh, it has to. Yeah, it yeah. has to. Because somebody tried to make a point to me that was like that that the fact that LeBron spent more money on his body that we and it's just like the term of saying that spent more money on his body is like you kind of, you know, like Michael Jordan and Kobe, like... Yeah, but everybody would do that if that was the case. And then you just have the highest-paid player. But there's a dedication to it. LeBron has definitely done well to take care of his body. But you're you're exactly right. One of those hard fouls, he could roll up an ankle. Yeah, one of, like... One of those drives to the basket, somebody could knock knees with him. Like, there's a... there's Yes, he's taking care of his body, and no one's going to question that. But you're exactly right. Like, there's freak things that could happen, even with him taking such good care of his body. Yeah, that he's been he's very fortunate. I mean, like we just talked about one in the freaking 2016 finals. He tries to dunk on Draymond. I mean, a lot of you know, it's like, like that could have, like, his, 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 like a bone could have came out of his freaking arm after the way he landed. But it just like it goes through his work hard, it worked at the two. But my thing was is that you can't sit there and say that LeBron's uh dedication to his body wasn't no different than. Michael Jordan, the Kobe's, he just went longer. I mean, like, sometimes you can be God-gifted in genetics and all that stuff. I mean, like, you're talking about a kid who dunked at eight years old. I mean, like, yeah, well, LeBron James freakish, we man. About, we talked about Carl Malone being top three, and find me somebody in the 90s that was in better shape than Carl Malone. Right. Like, my so man had a, he never had a hairline. I think after, like, 94, when he had the flat top, he Carl Malone at the end looked like a bald old man. Right, he was a Kareem route. He just had the the joint around the sides, looking like Captain Picard. Like, but physically, he also looked like he was the world's strongest man. So that's why that's why I say, man, it's it's like one of those things where if somebody goes that far into a debate, that's when I'm like, or oh, why, <laughs> like, you know, why, <laughs> like. I think like it's, you said, just appreciate if we got we got we got a Mount Rushmore grace that people can swap and switch out and stuff like that. We got a great league that's going to bring players, but I think LeBron James definitely set a record that is going to take another. You know, it's going it's going to be it's going to be probably like another thirty, maybe thirty years, forty years down the road when it's my bracelet. I don't. I'm gonna say this: it is going to take another LeBron James type player. Like I know we people probably said the same about Kareem. Like no one will ever do it. Mm -hmm. there's so many things that are going to have to go right for the next person that does. Like they're going to have to remove that, that rule where you have to sit a year out of college. 
that's mm-hmm. going to have to be removed. Yep. Because it's going to take someone to start at 18. Mm-hmm. You know, Kareem started at 21. They made him go to or 22. He had to go to college for four years. Yeah. LeBron obviously got a jump on that. So we're talking about him putting the number over 40,000. It's going to take somebody having to start at 8, 17, 18 as soon as they can. It's mm-hmm. going to take um, someone willing to get or a franchise is willing to give a fourth or fifth contract to this player. Yep. So it's going to take a lot of things. It's not enough that they're going to be able to score the ball. They're going to have to be able to earn another contract at the age of 35, at the age of 38, at the age mm-hmm. of 39. They're going to yep. have to be able to get another contract. Yep. I'm mean, absolutely right. And, you know, you're going to have to be playing at a high level. You're going to have to be sitting there, you know, like it just it's just so much going to go into it to where, like, somebody's going to have to be like, man, like LeBron has inspired a kid. Or somebody's gonna be that inspired to where like I gotta I gotta go after it. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, I mean, like there's ways for a kid that can get in the league at that young age. I mean, you got now to where you can go play overseas, you can go play in the G League for that one year and then get drafted, you know, like uh Anthony uh Simons, you know, he came in very young. I think he came in at like nineteen. So I mean like there's play there's ways that you can fit in the league at that age, but you better be good. Well, and that's and that's what we talked about with Kobe. Like, Kobe was that good, but his coach, you know, like the stories of him, the Clippers saying, "We know you're the best player in the in the league, but if the Clippers take a 17 year old kid, we're going to get laughed at." Mm-hmm. You know, the Hornets being the team that drafted him, telling him, "Oh, we couldn't use you anyways." It's going to take the right situation. He's going to play from day one, and like you said, be good from day one. That'd be great. You gotta be great. I mean, you gotta be, you know, hell, you gotta bring it, you gotta be a player that's bringing in a certain amount of hype, too. I mean, like, you can't just, oh. you know, like, I feel like, like you said, where a player just comes in and just goes and takes the league by storm, creates hype. You gotta stay, you gotta be able to be great under that microscope. I mean, that's just for Kareem or, you know, Jordan, Kobe. You, uh, Magic, Shaq, and all these greats, you are good under a microscope. And I think LeBron's microscope started his junior year in high school to where a lot of those players, the microscope didn't start at that time. And where oh, he was yeah. under that microscope Mike is for a, so Mike long. As a, a sophomore, wasn't even on his high school basketball team. And LeBron That's what was I'm on saying. national television right. at, at, you know, at that time. So – yeah, it was just way different for him. And I'll say this for LeBron. I think this is one of those things that where he transcends the NBA. Like, Jordan was like that. Like, you don't compare LeBron to just basketball players. You compare him to a Floyd Mayweather's dominance. You compare him to Babe Ruth. You compare him to Ali. Like, LeBron's yeah. in that conversation now. And I think him having the most points, like, you can say what you want, but – He's one of those athletes when his time comes, it will lead new stories. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was that way um, Pele passed earlier. I don't remember if it was beginning of this year or at the end of last year. The world is going to stop and be like, this is one of the all-time greats. And even the young people that, that watch mm-hmm. soccer were like, man, that's Pele. Yeah. Like LeBron is at that level. Like Muhammad Ali passed a few years back. LeBron will be that type of stop the world this mm-hmm. is the moment we're losing mm-hmm. an all timer. Yep, that's for sure. 
That is for sure. And that's where I would think is a good spot to end it right there is just to know that, like, we got another player that we're going to be coveted and is going to be beloved. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace, Kobe. You know, rest in peace, Kobe. Rest in peace, Will. Rest in peace. You know, the the grace has fallen, but the grace is still here. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's like we we are appreciative because the the league the league eats off of it and they the league evolves and then we get more of a treat we get more entertainment. So, LeBron, and we know you're not done because we're sitting there talking about what you can make do five more years later. But it's just like with this moment that happened last night. You know, I had you know it was mandatory that I was going to be recording. You know, saying the the, the you know saying the right afterwards, but it's just like that. You know, I didn't want to talk about Subo. I didn't want to talk about. I wanted to talk about LeBron James, and I think, moment. yeah, and I think, I think, I think we did that very well. I think, you know, um, to 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 end things off, I will say that LeBron James, as a person that LeBron James, as a person that has been able to be dare say articulate with how he handles his things with how he talks and stuff like that because people are like, oh he he ain't that smart he ain't really reading that book he ain't done all this stuff he don't know the words of that rap song and those are more attacks of hate towards a person that people wanted to see him slip up and yeah, yeah people probably want to see lebron james on a, on a on a tmz camera trip and fall man i mean like when somebody can be that squeaky clean and I have to no scandals, no controversy, no nothing, no like his biggest controversy is the decision. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like people want to say what he said about China, uh, oh, uh, all that stuff. But that's you know, but it's like LeBron James has been so squeaky clean, man. It's like it's crazy, and it's yeah, like it, it is. And I and I like I said, I know you're trying to wrap it up. I'll say this about him: I hope he continues his greatness. I hope we get to see him compete for a championship before he goes out. Um, and then I hope that he's in that role that Kareem was last night. Now, Kareem looked a little salty, but no, to he... his credit, it was good to see, you know, one of the league's great stars alive and able to – him handing LeBron the basketball, that was an yeah. emotional moment. That was a literal was. passing of the torch. It really so, was. That's one thing I think the NBA does well. It was good to see Bill Russell when he was still alive, mm-hmm. able to give people uh, the finals MVP – able to see Bill Russell at the finals. Yeah, rest in peace. These guys at all-star games. Yeah, so I hope that's LeBron, 60, 70 years old. I hope that's him, that he gets that moment. Yep, because that's going to be something. Because it's like, who's going to be that guy? And, like, we we got so much basketball. It ain't going nowhere. And players are coming out the wazoo. We got ball is life. We got great content, ways to get better, ways to get on college teams, the way to sit there and get, you know, dedication out there, the way people could teach the game and stuff like that. You know, everything's evolving. And, and, you know, LeBron James is a big part of that. Steph Curry's now taking over that. Kevin Garnett can put his hand in that as well. So, like, the league is in good hands, and it's been in good hands, and it's, and it's like, it's all about the bounce of the ball, man. And it's like, who's going to be wanting to be greater? You know what I'm saying? Who's going to be hungrier? That's the beauty of it, you know? And LeBron James went through it on so many different phases to where he's had to go against so many different types of op- uh, oppositions to where it was like old vets to new hungry ones to, you know what I'm saying, his contemporaries, the one that came in the league with him and stuff like that. It's just to where it's like he's went through it all. 
And he in last night, I the one thing I looked at him was just like he's such a professional. Looking at his kids and sitting there saying like, "Hey, hey, hey I'm going to get eight this quarter, eight this quarter." Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. And it was just like a lot of people be sitting there like, "I want." You know, or not want to talk about it, looking off stage. He just over there, just like, yeah, I'm gonna get eight this quarter, eight the next quarter. Mm, good, got it. All right, I got it. And I love that. You know, I love that, man. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it on this. And I'm, you know, I'm gonna say, John, thank you for coming on. Thank you for joining me. And it's been a great episode. You know, I wish, I wish Sam would have been able to join us because uh, I know he would have some uh, insightful things to say. But I really appreciate you coming on because I know. You know, through the years of me and you, you know, saying talking sports and stuff like that, LeBron James has been on a lot of topics, a lot of topics, <laughs> and it, it, we could, we would, I would, wouldn't, wouldn't want it any other way to do this episode with you, but um, with 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 everything all being said and done, does does this mean does does this mean right here? That now that is going to be, is 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 it going to be to where now that these because we talked about the new kids coming up and what they think and stuff like that is Kareem going to be forgotten about? Um, I I feel like he kind of already was, and until until the the goat debate blew up and, and became overdone, I think a lot of people did forget about Kareem. Um, and I think that he got brought up as a different option instead of being celebrated for his greatness. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that that picture of all his accomplishments from winning high school championships, winning at UCLA, being the all-time leading scorer, like that got used against Michael Jordan for LeBron James enthusiasts. So I think people forget about Kareem. Um, but that happens to a lot of players. That happens. That's why I brought up Tim Duncan. Like Tim Duncan – was one of LeBron's contemporaries and people forget about him already. Yeah. You know, so to me, Tim Duncan's a top 10 all-time player. I don't feel like that's very debatable at, at the worst. He could be in that 10 to 15 range, but I think it's fair to put him in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think, you know, we just, we get removed from it. And that's why I wish shout out to Sam. We grew up on the same street. You know, he lived on the East end. We're both Lewis street. I think he lived on um, Thompson a little bit later saw him from being a youngster all the way up through cap, you know, being a basketball player. So I would have liked to have heard his perspective on it too. him being a little bit younger. He probably, you know, saw LeBron in a different age bracket than, than me and you. Um, so it would have been good to get that insight. And and that's one of the things like, like we talked about with, with space jam, it's going to be different for different generations. You know, yeah. for, for my dad, it was Will. It was, uh, Earl Monroe, it was those guys, Walt Frazier, Willis Reed. Um, for my older brothers, it's Magic, it's Bird. For me, it's more Mike, Kobe, you know, LeBron. Now this next generation, we'll see. We'll see who the next guy is. I hope Kareem's not forgotten. Um, like I said, he's a living legend. It's good to see him still around. Hopefully the yeah. NBA continues to include him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made up with Shaq a little bit. That was that was good to see too. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope Kareem's not forgotten. I hope people are watching these old games. Like I, I watched JJ Reddick say he charts old games. He'll go back and watch them. I, that's to me the bigger thing of the goat conversation is give these guys their flowers. And if you yeah. can cut on YouTube and watch Kareem be great, do it. 
Mm-hmm. It's enjoyable. It's just as enjoyable as watching Embiid, Jokic, whoever's at it today. Sometimes cut on a game, you can watch him in fast forward. You can watch him chopped up to where it's not a four-hour experience. You can watch mm-hmm. a game in 30 minutes. Yeah. And he's like, damn, on. man, he really was special, man. Because I did that, you know, like I said, after watching the Royal Rumble, I sit there and I, you know, I started watching, you know, saying some old, you know, saying they got old tapes on there that WWE Network is full of stuff. And it's just like, you know, going back to just to watch some of the stuff that I missed and, you know, saying like, wow, like I see why people really was entertained with the uh, upper 80s and early 90s because, you know, that was, you know, that that, that was that's something you can go back and give those people flowers when people will say, oh, man, it's, you know, John Cena or CM Punk. Or go as far as saying like, oh man, Brock Lesnar or something. But you look like Jake the Snake, Randy, Macho Man Savage. Like those players, those guys were like those guys you're naming. But they was they was you know they were they were holding down intercontinental championships where they could have been they would have been like Universal in today's they time. So it's just too. like there was great talent back then. So you always respect those Joe Dumars, the Isaiah's, the you know the Bill Ambeers. Those those guys, or you look at Clyde Drexler, the Porters and Curseys, and those teams that went up against Jordan. Those teams, those like Hakeem and Ralph Sampson before Ralph Sampson got hurt, and then you then you you transform into Kenny Smith and Robert Ory and Sam Cassell and Hakeem and Drexler come along. You gotta appreciate it because it's like it's steps. They create steps. It's a, if you look at these games in these years, it's creating steps and for people to walk through, and that's how I look at it. John, I appreciate you coming on. We're going to get on out of here. Sauce Talk, you know, saying another great episode. John, what you, what, 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 I'm sorry. No, I was going to say I appreciate you having me. Oh, yeah, man. No problem. Everybody have a good one. Sauce Talk is out. <laughs>